cheers, cheers, cheers everyone. Cheers. <laughs> Alright, welcome back. Welcome back to a yet another episode of Snooze and Booze. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, mm, it seems like it's been a while, but it really hasn't. <laughs> but we did one last week. Yeah, I just I think it's when we don't see each other during the week. It just feels like oh I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I gotcha, gotcha. Uh, today I'm drinking Coors Light and I'm switching to, uh, to wine a little later. How about you yourself? Look. Um, chugging on some Merlot. Mm. And our special guest, uh, Coors. Yeah. All right, let's introduce him. Uh, today we have our special guest Jose. Um, Jose, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I like uh, long walks. Yes. <laughs> No, I, <laughs> no, he hates him. Yeah, I hate him. Uh, I'm an artist. I've been an artist for what, like, my whole life, man, pretty much. That's pretty cool. That, that's definitely something we're gonna we're gonna jump on and talk about because uh, I always thought it was when you're able to make a living out of doing something like that where it's not non-conventional. Yeah, man, it's fucking badass. It's fucking awesome, you know. But before we get to there, um, no, I'm good for now. I got there. Um, you and Lothan know each other for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, actually. Jesus, I don't even. At least 15 years, maybe? At least, yeah. So, I'm assuming high school days? Yeah. Uh, end of high school. Right, yeah. It was, like, For me, it was end of high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. post-high school. I yeah. actually met him through Husto. Uh, yeah. Neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, how did that come about? Like, just at a mutual party, uh, bands, or just friends of friends uh, type thing? Dude, we started jamming. I think yeah, that's what it was. Jamming. Friends mm-hmm. of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known Peter since uh, another mutual friend of ours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since uh, third grade, and Husto's his cousin. Yeah. And we started hanging out with Husto, then... You know, just kind of circles yeah. get a little bigger and exactly, everything. Yeah. yeah. So you're a musician first? Uh, not really. Or want to be? Uh huh. Dabbled in it. <laughs> every every teenager is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, wasn't cut out for it. But uh, that's always cool to me. Like when you meet someone in in, in like a, a different kind of field. Like oh, I met him playing through other bands and we played jam together. Like that's yeah. a cool way to meet someone. And you already know that you guys already think a little bit differently. You know that kind of thing. It was yeah. like some of that kind of thing. Yeah, you got like some, it's like the music that brings it together kind of thing, mm-hmm. but then you, like in the in-between moments, you start talking, Yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, you like this kind of stuff, you know, like, all right, so it's cool, stuff like yeah. that. And I, I know, uh, like, because it's one of those small world things, because your wife was my neighbor <laughs> for a long time, yeah. know, before she moved out, and then, and it's funny, because her, uh, her best friend was our cousin, and it's, no one even knew this, you know, Christine... Uh, oh. Christine, I mean, uh, so it, it was really, really cool little small world, you know, like, oh, you know, Korea, oh, that so-and-so, you know, and then everybody everybody comes together, and now we're doing a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like, says a lot about, uh, about Long Beach, or just, just I always or... say it's the biggest little, or the small, uh, big city, small town, that kind yeah. of thing, because I always find myself running into people randomly throughout, you know, that, that kind of thing, but it's, really, it's I think it's kind of cool, you know. Uh, straight out of Long Beach, you know, like yeah. <laughs> small world, man. Yeah, it's like yeah. everybody's a neighbor. Yeah, because I used to bring up like, oh, um, I used to talk about Lewis, like, oh, uh, he's gonna come over, or I'm gonna go hang out with him. Yeah, and like Madel, she would be like, oh, uh, I think I know her sister, her sister. And, oh yeah, yeah. And does he have a cousin called Steve? And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. That's kind of cool. All right, so let's jump into how do you how do you end up falling into it for doing? Because um, you're a painter, right? Yeah. How'd you end up doing? Is that what you are? Would you consider yourself like a sketch artist first, or more so, just paint or acrylic painter? Or uh, the specific. I would just say artist, man. Just artist overall. Yeah. Muralist. Mm-hmm. After that, if you gotta like define it. Yeah. But I, as I get older, I kind of more just Branch try to broaden out. myself. Yeah. Because it's like, why limit yourself to one thing? Yeah, absolutely. You don't gotta, and especially with the like the label thing. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no reason why you have to. Especially in in this field, you know. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of of doing something that's abstract or something different is because you don't like labels in the beginning. 
You know? Yeah, so that makes sense. But how'd you get into it career-wise? Because everybody wants... I mean, I mean, you know, I wanted to be a cartoonist. And I was yeah. I, everybody wants to do something fun and cool that you love as a as a career. How did you actually end up doing that? Uh, but, like, you know, basic story, you know, when you're a kid, mm-hmm. like, you know, you like to draw, you like to keep doing that kind of stuff. But I think the first time I got serious about it was when I was uh, in middle school. Okay. I got uh, recruited... To go help out some artist. Yeah. I was like in the alley hanging out with my friends playing. Yeah. And my parents come up to me like, hey, you're not going to be hanging out here all summer. We got you a job doing something. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? And uh, yeah, they hooked me up with some uh, lady who was looking for kids. Yeah. Uh, to help out this muralist. Yeah. And pretty much it was just kind of like helping him clean his brushes. Oh, okay. Managing other little kids and stuff like that. Yeah. On these like public art projects. And then from that, um, I found I really liked it, so I just kind of kept um, like bugging and asking, "Hey, when are you doing something else? Uh, can I be part of it? You know, volunteer, mm-hmm. you know, whatever." So then I kind of started apprenticing, yeah, working my way around with different artists, trying to just you know ask, bugging them, asking about everything. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I did that for a year. Um, did the same thing on apprenticeship program with an artist. And actually, one of the murals we did is hanging up at the Jordan Wall, you know, in this, you know, in front of the Houghton Park. Yeah. And I always thought, like, man, I, I, that's definitely one of those, like, man, the the road you didn't travel. You know, I always felt like, what if I kept going with that? Like, you know, that that'd be, you know, what, you know, what, how, and not that I don't enjoy my life where I'm at now, but I was like, oh, I'd be curious to see what would have happened if I pursued that aspect instead of music. At the time, it was music that I pursued. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But, I mean, that's just fascinating to me. So, you go from middle school. Let's jump ahead to when you're actually making money to doing something for it. So, how, uh, how old are you when you really got paid for your... When you started making a living at a, a consi- uh, con, you know, consistent, consistent living? living? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say probably about early 20s. Mm-hmm. But I'd say, I would say part-time. Okay, that still counts, um, yeah. yeah. I looked out because uh, after, like, working when I was a kid... I got hired on with the city to do uh, mural conservation. Yeah. And, like, paint murals uh, through them, too. Okay. So if uh, somebody painted a mural, I would kind of, like, set up the job for them, for the artists. Yeah. And if they needed somebody to help them out, they would pay me to help the guy out to uh, finish it. Oh, okay. And so I would do that, and then I would do my own side gigs on the on the side. So I would, like, you know, go look for my own jobs. That's cool. Um, but, like, starting off, you got, you hardly have any, uh, what do you call it, you need a portfolio. So you hardly have anything to show, so you're gonna do stuff for free or cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just to get like your name recognition or anything like that. You That's know? like a, a very popular hooker that I know on Long Beach Boulevard. She does. She started out that way. She would do stuff for like very cheap or for free, and then hey, she gets really good loads. And then no, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't really know. Uh, a lot of people should associate artists with uh, prostitutes too. Man. Yeah, like, <laughs> comparisons where you can, right? <laughs> No, that's cool. But was there like, a, did you ever do that? Like, where you went to college for it, or for you it was more hands on? Because from what I'm assuming, how the way you're telling the story, like you're absolutely all about like you're you apprentice under someone, and you're asking a lot of questions. You want to know the details. You want to know his per- point of view, per- perspective, that kind of thing. So was that always for you? And you didn't really care about the education part of you? Um, I did, but I couldn't afford it. Okay. Yeah, I tried it. Um, I got into uh, art center. Yeah. At like I think I was nineteen twenty. Uh, but I couldn't afford it, man. It's just I couldn't get a co-signer for loans. Yeah. And so I kind of did city college, but I did city college kind of on and off. Yeah. And I still like still want to learn. I want to take the art classes. I want to get a degree or something like that. Yeah. But I was kind of doing like the the working, but kind of school part time thing. Did you find while. like when you were a kid the did you get encouragement from your parents or your friends? 
did that help or was it more like you were on your own didn't you didn't really tell them what you're doing and it was like you were you didn't bug them they didn't bug you um i was really lucky in that way mm-hmm. yeah my parents were like totally cool about it yeah um even when i thought about it, i'm like why would they say yeah <laughs> well that's when you were older right yeah, retrospectively, you look back and you're like, yeah. you know, why why was he really so cool about it? But yeah. <laughs> when I was younger, no, they, they they saw that I wanted to do it. They would drive me places, or they would just let me do my thing. Did you ever get that when you were a little kid, where like, oh man, that's awesome, good job, and they'd put your shit on the wall or something like that, or? Yeah, I used to get that like a lot, like uh, in school, like everybody. You don't know if you're good or not, like unless yeah. somebody else tells you. Like Makes drawing sense, those yeah. stuff, they're like, "Oh, that's cool. Can I have it?" Or yeah, Yo, Jose, you're you gonna one. draw the stuff for every, for the class or whatever. Yeah, so you yeah. always got that growing up. Yeah, yeah, that kind of cool. stuff. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it, it's because the reason I bring it up is because I have uh, two kids who are both really into artsy farty shit mm-hmm. or just being you know creative arts and and I always find like the modern day version of like putting their shit on the <clears> wall <throat> or on the on the on the refrigerator is like posted on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's really much. like the modern day version of that. You know, like oh, check this out, dude. But it's just funny, like the whole like I want to know like if it's if it's if it's pushing too much. Where because I don't want them to think like oh now I I want you to focus on that career and then yeah. it turns into a job for them and then they don't want to do it because it's something the mandatory. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to know what I wonder what the little giver how you because you obviously became as a career so how your parents did it for you where it was not just enough not too much where they're trying to turn you into this or yeah it was kind of like that like mm-hmm. where they kind of just they they left you they they left you alone yeah kind of thing it's like. The support was by not, like, um, stopping me from doing it. Okay. Because you hear the, the instances where, like, a lot of other people, they want to do you, something. And you it's better not be practical. a doctor instead. And it's like, yeah, yeah, don't, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Don't do this. No, they'll be like, all right, go ahead. Just, we want you to do something productive. Like, don't do drugs. Don't yeah. Be, be in a gang or anything like that. As long yeah. as you don't do, like, do that stuff. Yeah. It's cool. It's good, do whatever man. you want. You even go to school yeah. part-time, whatever you know. You know, because I got that, I think for us it was, like, because me and Lofar are in the same boat where we were doing the more musicianship, right, Bean? Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it was uh, not necessarily, um, I wouldn't say they weren't supportive, but it was definitely like, oh, but what else are you going to do, you know? Or, but you know that you can't make a living off it. Yeah. You know, that I got more of that. But, for you know, for me specifically, my, my, my dad really couldn't say shit because I was working, like, two jobs when I was doing the band. So yeah. he knew I was working. But he was always, I could always tell, like, you, you know you ain't going to be, this is a hobby to you. Even yeah. though, like, there was, we had paying gigs and shit like that. Like, oh, this is a hobby to you. You know you ain't going to make a living. Like, I, I felt that from him, you know. But, yeah. I mean, obviously for you, you, you got the opposite, right? Uh, I got a little bit of that, too, though. Because oh, they'd you? be like, oh, did, like, you know, drop you, like, not so subtle hints. Hey, why don't you try, you know, welding or something like that? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Check it out, you know. It's, it's, yeah. You know, be cool or whatever. Go uh, do real estate every once in a while. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll think about it. Yeah. See how but it, it wasn't pushy, huh? Not really too much. That's good, every though. Once in a while. I, I can see how you're doing that. Um, but what you call it? Did you ever have any other menial jobs meanwhile you were doing this on the side? No, man. I mean, the only really job I had was either doing the artwork and I was uh, part time doing the. Art conservancy for the city. Oh, okay. And that's pretty much what kind of paid my bills. Because yeah. honestly, it's like we're doing the art full time. It's like got its highs and its lows. Yeah, I bet. And yeah. so now what I've learned is you gotta like diversify. Uh-huh. Um, as an artist, you gotta be able to do different things. Yeah. And do them yourself in order to kind of if you want to try to I guess make a living out of it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, broad spectrum. Yeah. Because yeah. but yeah, when like out of high school and stuff like that, I did that. And that gave me like a steady, like small paycheck mm-hmm. where I could pay, you know, phone bill, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, of rent, course, yeah. 
you know. It must feel dad. good being able to pay your bill with something that you you did. Because I remember even when we were playing and we'd get some money for it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. It, it'd only be enough to go to Jack in the Box after the kick. Hey, but it's something. But yeah. it was great paying yeah. for that with the money you just earned right. doing something that was, you know, was awesome to you. You know what I mean? Like I, I so it's just it's fascinating to me that you're able to do that. You're you're making an entire living out of it. You know, that's pretty cool. Uh, Love. Did you have any like uh, you any menial jobs before like you found your passion? I guess. Or when did you get into music that was your passions? I was a little kid. Like yeah. I don't even remember to be honest. Um, but even before you know, I could like even just like concept like like what music was or anything. Mm-hmm. I, like I remember being like literally like a little kid when we used to live across the street. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just like listening to whatever my dad would listen to. Uh, like, you know, I didn't have any older brothers or sisters, you know, or anything. Yeah. So I pretty much just, like, picked up, like, all my music stuff from my dad. Yeah. Like, you can see from, like, all the eight tracks and vinyls in here. Hell you know, yeah, yeah. But it's good that you and your dad, I mean, my dad and your dad, that they had at least good taste in music, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. We I can, mean, yeah. I don't care if anybody, like, would say otherwise, but, like, to me, it, it was, like, I look back and I'm like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. I grew up with tight shit, yeah, you know? Yeah, it, it was, yeah. But, um, but even before that, you know, I just... I like sounds. I don't know. It just, uh-huh. you know, it just made sense to me. Oh, okay. Like, I, like it, it sparked something even before I knew what it was. You know, I was talking to you this about literature. Have you seen the film Love and Mercy yet? No. Okay, I was telling you a lot, right? Yeah, Love yeah, and yeah. Mercy is the Brian Wilson biopic, the dude from the Beach Boys. Oh, I heard about it, yeah. It's great, great, great film. Uh, Paul Dano plays the young version of him, and John Cusack plays the older version of him. But what I, what I, what I found fucking absolutely fascinating about the movie, because first of all, like, uh, like it's a biopic, so it's not like it's heavy in plot or storyline, because you know it's just a, it's a story of someone's yeah. life. But the acting is phenomenal. Acting is great. But the what what I found that was amazing was they're not dumbing it down for the audience because you see a lot. They're they're actually isolating the audience for only musicianships because you see a lot of times in whatever your um, whatever your field is, they'll be very vague. Uh, like let's say we we were talking about this before, but when you see like do you play chess or anything? Uh, checkers. <laughs> okay, so, so I play chess, low play chess, and uh, you always see in the movie where they're yeah. playing chess, and it's just like, come on, that's not, no, that's bullshit. He wouldn't put in, he wouldn't, he, if he's that smart, he wouldn't be smart enough to find himself in a position where he's surprised yeah. that he's, you know, shit like that. Well, in the musicianship, in the musician world, it's the exact same thing. But, you know, you find like something like, what? That doesn't make sense. That, like, um, why would he, uh, that's not nothing, that's nothing genius, that's nothing fancy. But here, right. they're, you hear him talking, like, there's whole scenes where he's just talking to nothing but musicians, and he's talking about uh, what key, um, <clears throat> like, one of them questions it, like, are you sure? Why is he playing in this key when, I, when I'm playing in this key? That doesn't make sense. And he's like, yeah. trust me, it'll work out. And then, oh, like, oh, let's let's find the arrangement on this part, you know, let's raise these. You know, and it's, 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 it's fascinating to see someone play. Uh, someone just speak that way on TV without having it dumbed down, and uh, you love it because you're just like, damn, I know exactly what he's talking about. And yeah, that is genius. That is fucking smart. Yeah, that would make sense. Oh, it does. Sound, and, the, and then the melody all makes sense at the end for the song. But you're you're seeing it being put together, and they're not shying away from that. From because they're isolating half the audience. You know how many yeah. fucking musicians are there watching the TV? They're not that many. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not the majority. But I found that that was that's what was fascinating about like, oh man, this movie is so good. Anyways, I could I, I know you'd appreciate once you do watch the movie, you're gonna appreciate how. The, the, how he talks musicianship wise, and you're right. like, damn, that you know, it's just it, yeah, it puts a smile on your face, like, damn, they're not shining away from it. Mozart style, you know, like the mm-hmm. Amadeus, yeah, Amadeus. it's like uh, the technique and process, uh huh. Like, for somebody that's like you guys that understand it, mm-hmm. you're in the business, you, yeah, you exactly, you appreciate it, not just like seeing the end product, exactly. The end yes. product, everybody looks so easy, yeah. it's right, like, right, it's right. just you know, nice, oh, that's beautiful, a catchy song, yeah, beautiful <laughs> little, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, little, you know, little nugget of you know, of gold, and but you don't know what. 
happened before that. Uh-huh. Everything How he got to that point. Exactly. Or what was in his head yeah. that he's trying to put in real, in tangible, make tangible what yeah. he hears in his head, yeah. And I absolutely, I absolutely know that, and it's, it's really cool, man. Yeah, and I find it, like, super fascinating uh-huh. about anything, even, especially that stuff that I have no idea about. Yeah. It's like, wow, you know, that's, how, that's crazy, how to, yeah. You know, I think we also were talking about this, how, like, kid shows, you don't see that anymore. Like, the how-to-make process, or the how-it-came-about process. Like, I remember watching, growing up, and half the TV shows on PBS were about, they'd show you, like, oh, this is interesting, this is how this comes apart. You know, like, even how crayons are made. I remember watching they, a show. They on, go to the factory and yes, show you, like, for the day. Yeah, and how crayons or paintbrushes are made. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's so cool. I remember I was in love about an episode of Mr. Rogers where he brings on a little black kid and he showed him how to break dance. Yeah. And it was just like, cool, man. You don't yeah. see that at all anymore with kids' shows. The create... Like no, no one wants to be interested in the uh, in the how-to product. They only want the finished product. Yeah, you know? they don't exactly. care how and why. But it's to me, it's interesting. To me, it's fascinating. You know, I love that stuff. Those are the kids you gotta watch out for. The kids that still care about that shit today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the ones that are gonna be. Wait, there's still hope. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah like, oh, thank God for you, right? Future of America. Yeah, I mean that's good because and it's always good to like pose those questions to kids. Mm-hmm. Like when they, I've always like had like when they ask like, well, first thing I ask back is like, well, how do you think? You know, have them try to figure it out first before you give them the answer. Yeah. Even though if they're wrong, they're still kind of trying to work something out. It's 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 funny how they're in their process. How does that make sense to you? You know. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Um. Uh, uh, so, love you. Uh, tell me about your week. Let's let's go back to this. my week. Um. Actually, pretty uneventful. Other than the usual, just go to work, come home, sweat. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's been a, he's been kicking ass lately, huh? Yeah, even though it was raining the other day. Yeah, same for I mean, well, I was up north and it rained about a couple of days, so it must have been the same storm. Must be the boy or El Nino. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what they say. Oh, what's the uh, uh, week in the life of Jose, uh, the artist? You know, uh, it's so exciting. <laughs> no, like right now I'm uh, working on a proposal mm-hmm. for a gig in uh, San Pedro, mm-hmm. but I'm also waiting for hear back about another gig. And Southgate. So whenever I'm not like actively working on like the mural project, mm-hmm. I'm either trying to get one or trying to do something else on the side. Mm-hmm. So uh, trying to do like a little comic strip, yeah, a little digital comic, uh, working on paintings. Um, right now I'm going to so I teach on Tuesdays and I try to go to these like life drawing workshops. What? Uh, where do you teach at? Uh, it's just uh, one day a week over at uh, Huntington Beach. They oh, okay. Have a, uh, art center uh-huh. it's like a museum slash like uh, workshop space where they have classes and stuff for a general public yeah they can take. also it's not kids it's more like whoever wants uh, to they have kid classes okay yeah and you do you do those or do you uh, do more? mine's like more teenagers to adults okay right cool now, yeah. how do you like that do you find that something you can see yourself doing in the future teaching uh, sometimes yeah it's cool I like it yeah yeah at first I kind of don't want to do it but then once I get into it and uh like the first day of class was uh, this past week, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was cool, man. A little yeah. bit self-conscious, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> so many people up, you know. And you're speaking in front of everyone, that kind of thing. Yeah, so you kind of like judging yourself. If somebody yawns, you're like, oh my god, are they bored? You're <laughs> like, I gotta think of a joke or something, you know. I got that. Yeah. Well, you know, I do uh, open mic stuff. Uh-huh. I don't know if you knew that, but I do, and it's it's that issue. <laughs> like, uh, I you know, I, I, I grew to actually like. Um, 
to the point where like if you're not laughing, man, fuck you. You know, that's like more of that mentality. It's something more of a bitter, that guy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Something's wrong with that guy. That guy doesn't know yeah. what I'm talking about. Like yeah. it's the running theme whenever like I'm on it. Like oh, this guy knows what I'm talking. I point to a random. Oh, like I have an abortion joke, and then I'll point mm-hmm. to a random girl. Like she knows what I'm saying. Like, oh, no, I know. <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, it got to the point where like uh, if they didn't get it. Then yeah, you know, you know <laughs> if yeah. you don't like big big red chew bubblegum, then fuck you. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I'm assuming, have you done it before or you just started this? The, uh, the teaching, thing? The teaching mm-hmm. I've done like, like workshops, mm-hmm. like with Jewie kids and stuff like that. <laughs> Did and you say Jewy kids? Like in a juvenile, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Jewish. Oh, so uh, Jewy. Maybe some were Jewish. <laughs> Whoa, this podcast maybe. took a turn. <laughs> 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 like museum of tolerance, yeah. buddy. No, I'm no more work for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, please, I'll have you on every week. No, no, I'm kidding. No. Uh, Wasn't it just Yom Kippur? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. Also, a juvie kids. Yeah, yeah, all types. Of, mostly like younger kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, when doing the the murals, usually uh, tying like a community component to it. Yeah. So you try to get kids or community That's to be part be of awesome. it. Yeah. So you got to kind of teach them and show them how to kind of you know how it works. Mm-hmm. But this is like my first time doing it more like in a formal setting. Okay. And then, like, classroom and, you know, designated time. And yeah, absolutely. All that kind of stuff. A little bit more structure than you're used to. Yeah, a little bit more. That's yeah. what kind of freaked me out a little bit, but it's, it's going all right. Yeah, good, man. Good. I hope that goes well for you, too. Uh, yeah, shit, man. I'll take my kids out there, maybe, you know, have them, have them learn some lessons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, today I just uh, came back from, like, a poetry thing, and they actually want to do a lot of arts programming, like, up here in Palm Beach. Oh, cool. So, definitely, like, it's about like just gating community and the kids. Yeah, well, definitely that if that goes through, we'll have you back on and promote it. Absolutely, yeah. man. That'd be really awesome. You know, it's cool because there's that's that thing about especially with uh, me and Lil for like musicianship wise, or even anything you do. Like if even if you like you do it for so many years and you love it just as a hobby, but even if you get to the point where you don't do it anymore, you're not doing it with it. Once you have kids, or once even when you're teaching, like that's what you can do with it now. Like what are you gonna do once you don't when you can't when you don't make a living from this or when you're no longer being fine? Hey, well now I can teach someone else you know that kind of thing so you always yeah. have that like where it's uh, uh well now i spread the knowledge you know as yeah. opposed, I'm sh- before i'm spreading my creativity now i'm spreading the knowledge you know and you're passing it down yeah know? so there's always that and that's what i was can you, oh i'm sorry uh <laughs> can you hold that real quick i just saw that almost fall real quick yeah sure thank you sorry about that guys uh, there we go. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, so I always feel like, oh, that's that's always you always have that in the back of your head. Like, well, you love to, you have a skill. Now you can teach that skill, uh, you know, and, and it passes through. And I feel that's how the way you're saying you're going. Like, you, maybe yeah. you'll enjoy teaching more. That, that's that's how I learned. But yeah. like other guys, they didn't have to, but they were like, you know, they told me Take the how they did things, yeah. like the little like tips and tricks of the of the trade. Mm-hmm. But uh, I that's I figured like the least I can do is do the same thing. Yeah. If some if somebody's interested, I'm down to talk about it or share whatever information yeah. I got. Because there's a lot of people that are don't. They just like want to keep it, you know and think it's like a, a thing about like a competition. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, like almost like a job security. Like yeah. they don't like if I tell more people I'm the only one that knows how to do this. Uh-huh. If I teach somebody else, then I'm not the only one that knows how to do this, and they, people won't come to me anymore. That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the dickish way to think about it, huh? Yeah, and the way I see it is like I like I'm a competitive person. Mm-hmm. So when I go for a gig or something like that, you know, I I want to get it, or I want to you know be the best at it or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But seeing other people do well, I don't get pissed off. I just get like, oh, that's really some really cool stuff. Yeah. I want to. So I gotta step up my step game. Step up your game, right? Exactly. That's you great. Yeah, you, you really like as far as like people. That way, I feel better. Like, 
really the only people you should be competing with is the person you're, you're in the mirror. You know, you should be mm. you're making yourself better every day. I was just telling the kids the other day, like, look, you always if you want to be competitive, absolutely, but you always want to be better than yourself yesterday, something yeah. like that. You know, it, not necessarily <clears throat> like you want to be better than this guy. Fuck that guy. Don't even think about that. Yeah. You shouldn't be worried about that. You should be worried about improving yourself and being better than you were the day before. You know, and that's just that's a good way that you're looking at that for in the artist way. You know, like in the competitive way and for that kind of thing. You know, it's cool. Yeah, I tell people that like that are starting up, like my my classes, people like have varying ranges of like skill or whatever. Uh huh. And they'll be like they'll feel bad because they see this other person who's like really good. Uh huh. And they're like, oh my stuff kind of sucks. And yeah. But I'm like, especially when you're like starting off, I think at anything, is like. People are going to be better than you. People are going to be worse. So, yeah, just like you said, you got to kind of focus on, like, yourself. Yeah. And how you're, as long as you're making progress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah noticeable progress. Yeah. Look, that you find, um, let me see, how would I put it? Like, have, have you made, felt yourself looking at someone's, like, you, is it more like someone you play with regularly that you feel like, damn, man, let me, I got to step up my game? Or is it more for you people, you hear something on the radio? Um, have you ever met someone like in real life where like damn this was way better than me let me let me whoop the whoop that kind of thing oh yeah 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 um i think it was more of an issue when i was younger especially uh-huh. you know when i barely started playing you know like learn a few licks here and there well let me let me of... make clear you, know, you actually taught me how to play so that's why i was i, I was like oh you're always that like you know mentor thing for me <laughs> like oh shit this yeah. guy knows what's up you know well like yeah like starting off you know i would just like learn a couple of riffs here and there you know they learn a couple of Metallica songs, trying to be the cool yeah. guy. You yeah, know? yeah. And you know, especially you know, being that young, you know, there was there was always like this uh, kind of like cocky element to it. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Because like, <laughs> I know I know I felt that. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. And um, uh, I forgot what grade I was in. I was probably like, oh shit. You uh, can just leave it down here. Yeah, uh, poultry guys in the garage. Don't mind. Girls, man. We'll yeah. get to that subject in a bit. Yeah, we shit. will. <laughs> yeah, I but um, I want to mention something, but. <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, I think I was I was probably maybe a senior by then. Yeah. And there was this underclassman. It was day in high school. Uh, like he had a guitar. I just like was walking to one of my classes, and it was just like him and a group of like you know, it was like friends, and he was just playing. And uh, yeah, cams right. Um, I forgot what he was playing, but I remember I was like, man, this guy's fucking good. Yeah. He's younger than me. I was like, oh shit. Like, it was kind of like, man, like, it, it felt like a bummer, you know? Yeah, I know well, what you mean, yeah. But, you know, like, to be honest, I got over it actually, like, pretty quick. It's, it, like, something just kind of clicked where it's, like, okay, like, so what if he's better than me? Like, you know, there's a million people out there who are, like, a million times better than me. Yeah. yeah. But I I just realized, hey, as long as I can hold my own, yeah, like, that's all that matters. It's not, like, competing with anybody else. Competing with myself, Yeah, you know? I definitely See, I didn't think, I wasn't mature enough to have that concept until a few years ago because I remember even in high school, I was like, fuck. That he ain't better than me because one and, and then like and then it would be like because he played a song I couldn't yeah. like a solo I couldn't really it was all about solos and I was like fuck man so then I was like uh, all right so I'd go home what I do I go home for like four hours and I just try to master yeah. that shit and then I <laughs> then I would like come back the next week like oh hey check that I learned this like try to bring it up organically oh look I learned that yeah. solo you did the other day and I do it like oh cool yeah I, I remember that like oh check this one out though and I'm like fuck you know <laughs> you have to go learn that I'll be one. back yeah that kind of, it, it, I felt that way I mean don't get me wrong that competition 
uh, it made me better, you know, mm-hmm. to and improve, and it gave me that. Um, uh, it gave me ambition to dedicate, so right, I can right, do right, so yeah. I can do four hours a night, purpose. you know, um, you know, to your fingers, you know, to your fingers bleed that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get you. And, and it made me want to, you know, because I, I really had like, oh, like man, I want to be the best at least at my school. And my school was it sucked because my school had like a hundred guitars. So I was like, <laughs> I mean, everybody plays guitar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Honest, you know? just... but, see, that's the, that's what I remember thinking. Like everybody plays guitar, but I want to be the one that oh, he plays guitar that kind gotcha, of thing. Yeah. You know? And I remember having that kind of thing, and I, I, you know, when we were in the band, I started incorporating solos, just and says, man, just for that reason, just to like, you wanted to set yourself apart from the other shit you're hearing, right? Uh, but so, I mean, there is a point that like healthy competition does make you better, I think so. But you, I didn't get, I didn't get it to older, the, um, you know, the, the just wisdom, really, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I should be better than myself, not better than other exactly. people. Don't worry about other people. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. that kind of thing. That's so funny though. I, you know, it's just that that road you walk, you know. Uh, what's that Rod Stewart song? Uh, like I wish I knew what I knew now when I was younger you know mm-hmm. yeah. right. that. it's all that Pers- perspective you know yeah, right. and it's like really especially like with music it's like really subjective so like when you're learning like the, the music like what, the, what does learning that song define you being mm-hmm. a better musician than this other guy you're absolutely right it is subjective it and it is song? perspective yeah. uh-huh because because you could say oh because you know like well, I know this kind of music, so it's a little bit different. The only thing that's not is athletic ability. I think that's the only thing that where you where is in competition where it's like, oh no, it's definitive. This guy's faster than you, or oh, okay. it's definitive. This guy's stronger than you, or vice versa. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything else, and especially in the arts world, is subjective because there's people that are that tech, technical wise could are, are obviously better artists than other ones. But this one hits me more emotionally, and that will be represent. You know, like oh, you know, but yeah, obviously, fucking um, like Pablo Picasso's technically better than Diego Rivera, but. Yeah, Diego Rivera really hits me, you know, in a certain way. You know, something like that, right? Yeah, it's like that, uh, like, why people always complain on the internet, like, oh, why is this musician more famous than this musician? Right. Um, you know, it's like... Yeah, yeah, so, like, if you guys don't even knew about someone who's better, you know, like, that kind of, like, especially yeah. that, I think that happens a lot in the world of jazz. I found that a lot, and that's really subjective, you know? Yeah. Um, I I'm speaking of, uh... Have you guys ever seen uh, anything cool? Movies are like that for me, but I'm a huge movie buff. Are you? Are you? I know Lofa, You know me and you always go back. For yeah, I, dude, I love movies, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, anything cool you seen lately that you want to like? Oh man, Mad Max was the last one I saw. That was a good one. Off, I really like awesome. it. Awesome. So surprised. George Miller's original director. Yeah, man. yeah. I, I went in watching that movie just like because it was like my friend invited me to go watch it for free. Mm-hmm. We went down to Paramount to like $5 movies. Yeah, yeah, like, on, on a Tuesday. 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 We had nothing to do. <laughs> We're like, let's go just watch a movie or three. You know, <laughs> yeah. And it blew me away, man. Like, yeah. What the hell is this? Yeah, most of it, and I like that most of it was practical special effects. Yeah. You know, and uh, those super dangerous stunts. But the way Very it was creative. Directed, Definitely mm-hmm. very creative. Actually, George Miller is up for directing the new Superman sequel. Oh. Yeah, and that's I can't wait for because I want to see his take on it. Like, it, it's really cool. I like his feel for movies. It, there's a certain level of realism with his films. You know what I mean? Like they're they're extra they're exaggerated, they're extravagant, but they they still have a, a feel of realism to me. You know, they like could, dirty, grindy, real shit. You know, they could like easily cross into the whole like Michael Bay kind of. <laughs> it's, it's 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 almost like they yeah, almost can, but they, they do it in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they stop themselves before they like cross that line where it's like, oh, here yeah. we go again. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, and there's a point to that. It's not CGI. You know that it's yeah. practical special effects. You know, I like that. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max, the last one. So, and, and do you watch any? Do you find yourself watching any like, um, like on demand or Netflix, like searching for shit you never even heard of, and just because the buck, the cover looks interesting or something? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love Netflix, man. Just right now, I got HBO for a little bit. Um, we got rid of cable, so we're just trying all these like streaming services. Uh huh. Yeah. Seeing which one's like the best one. 
Because, yeah, fuck cable, man. I hate that shit. Well, I, you know, <laughs> it, said it cost too much. Oh, yeah. I've said it before because when I was uh, I was living in Japan for a little yeah. bit, and um, I, you know, there's no, I'm not watching Japanese yeah. TV, you know? But I, so I had Hulu, I had Netflix, and I had, like, UFC Fight Pass. And yeah. between those three, and YouTube, which is free, but between those three, like, those are the ones I paid for. I didn't need anything else. I was good. Anything I needed to occupy whatever time I had free what I could find on Hulu, Netflix, or, or Fight Pass, UFC Fight Pass, you know, and, and it's really how I felt is like, man, this is the future. There's not yeah. going to be a need for you know, for for cable or basic television anymore in the future. Everyone's going to be streaming whatever they prefer. Yeah. Amazon Prime is coming up now. You know, everything. Uh, what Crackle? Crackle's coming. It, like everybody's having their streaming services, and they're, you're going to find out which one's the best one and which was the one that fits you. You know, and uh, that's the new cha- That's the new like. Oh, you know, more of a. Like instead of Directv or uh, Charter or whatever, oh, I'm more of a Hulu guy. Oh, I'm more of a Netflix guy. That's yeah. gonna be your thing, you know. It's the future, man. Streaming services. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Love? Any any really cool, interesting movies you've seen lately? Um, let's see. I saw Comet. I saw Comet. Yeah. I, that's a movie I recommend to anybody before they mm-hmm. watch. Like, if you ask me what I recommend right now, I can give you a list of a hundred. But on top of this is Comet. I re- if you haven't seen Comet yet, please watch Comet. Comet. What'd you on. think about that? It it was yeah, just like the way you described, man. It, it was. Uh, like, I don't want to, you know, tell too much about it, but, uh-huh. you know, just uh, the whole parallel universe thing. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, that's that's just a side product. Right, the fact yeah, that it's yeah. a great story, you know? Right, definitely. Yeah, definitely. it's a sad, sad story. And I was so lucky I was watching this on a plane because yeah. I travel a lot for work. So, like, I'm literally in, um, out of the month out maybe, like, 10 flights, you know? So, like that, back and forth. Just, and so a lot of the time is spent on a plane. Right. And, and um, I'm just downloading movies before I go. And Comet was one, and it's 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 pretty heart wrenching. A lot of it, just how real it is in a real relationship type level, because you really, you see, okay, when you hear quotations, rom com, romantic yeah. comedy, you already there's a stigma behind it. And like, oh, okay. It's like I've seen this before. Yeah. This isn't that. This is like an indie movie version of a rom com, or you know that kind of. It's not that at all. And it's uh and it's heartbreaking because it's, it's so real. And you've had these the conversations they're having. I've had these conversations right. with my wife. Yeah. You know? And it's, but uh, I'm watching the plane and I'm stuck in the middle seat, which is the worst. So I'm like, there's like two people next to me and my eyes are watery. And I'm like, and I'm doing that thing where I'm holding the phone closer to my face. So, so I'm, there's that one point where it's literally like four inches from me because I don't want them to see. And I'm like, oh, and then I pause it at one point and pretend I'm sleeping just so I can look. Like, oh, you know. Made it air dry yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> like I'm doing shit like that. I'm like, oh shit, this is embarrassing, you know, like that kind of thing. But man, that's a great movie. That what did you uh what did how, what you got the vibe you got from it or whatever uh same man you know it's like man i've i've been where he's at like at some point or other you know um, yeah you know whatever point he is in the relationship because it's a lot of back and forth you know from one point in time to another point in time yeah you know? and from both perspectives which i like definitely mm-hmm. so you do have that uh objectivity mm-hmm. but yeah you know just like watching it's like man like, I know what he's feeling right now. I know what he's going through, like, at that, you know, scene. Absolutely. I guess it just depends on, you know, like, the person, uh, you mm-hmm. know. Because a lot of, you know, these things, like, you relate to them because you've been through it, you know. Yeah. And absolutely. there's always that aspect that I look for. And that's, like, why I like a lot of movies. Like, why I like them. Yes, Like, absolutely. if I really like them, it's because, you know, it does have that, you know. Relatability. Definitely. And realism. And, you know, you just, for me, it's more of an, appreciate, an appreciation. Because I wow, I love like comic movies. Avengers two was awesome, just yeah. kicked ass, you know. Uh, you know shit like that. Uh, Fury seven was ridiculous, but it kicked ass. It was fun to watch, you know. <laughs> but like, uh, uh, there's a, an appreciation I have for a movie like Comet, like Seven Chinese Brothers, which oh, is yeah, yeah. like just like these indie films where they hit you, where it's about the dialogue more right. than anything. 
where it's about that plot. Or not even necessarily a plot, because it's not like a twist ending or anything. But it's just about, um, you're, they're having conversations about things that hit on an emotional level. And I appreciate that more than anything, because no one else is doing that right now. You know what I mean? You're not going to see $20 million dumped on advertising from a studio to promote a movie that's going to make you, that's going to uh, remind you of that one time with that one girl in that yeah. one place, you know? But it, but there's something to that that's, that's an honesty. And it's an, and like I said, I appreciate those movies a little bit more anything else you know and like yeah, and it's mm. something that's the same for the actors like you know it's a little different it's ballsy for like both those actors is justin long and emmy rosen oh, okay. one of them has a hit show the other one's a real you know like a legit actor where you know he can do whatever he wants and there's an appreciation for like they want to do something a little different you know and i and it makes me pay attention a little bit more you know right. are there any what are some of your favorite films that you feel that get to you on an emotional level or something oh like that? man well i just actually finished watching the mist like the Stephen King adaptation? Uh, yeah, the, the what's his name? Thomas Frank, Jane is in Frank it. Dermot, Frank Darabont directed uh -huh. it. Yeah, and for some reason, it's like one of my favorite movies. I remember seeing that when like I was a younger. Really horrible ending. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing that when I was younger. I was like, oh, this yeah. didn't go that I thought it would. How, really? How 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 did it hit you? Like I don't know. I just I sometimes like watching stuff that like just like you you said like the the high production movies and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, they. Have the like the cliche standard ending, yeah. But seeing like a movie that doesn't go like that, because after watching that, I'm like, damn, dude, that fucking sucks. <laughs> but it's like feels good to watch something that's original. That's like true. That. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I didn't see that coming. Like, I didn't really like it, but at least it's different. You know? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. everybody I saw the movie, like everybody asked about the movie, like ninety percent, like they don't like it. Oh, I don't like the ending. I don't like the ending. It sucks. Oh, yeah. why do they have to die? That kind of stuff. Yeah. But well, they're, they're, people, they say that if you if you uh, even if you have a shitty movie, but there's a good ending, then you have a good movie. That kind of, there's this they, that's been said. That's a quote in the industry, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it takes you like like you said on like that kind of like emotional kind of roller coaster, and you're used to going from like okay the the hero has the the the, the drama, and but at the end you know it kind of works itself out. Right. And it's kind of that's the standard kind of thing that goes you along. always know the good guy's gonna win yeah that kind of thing, but it's kind of interesting to see something different mm -hmm. you know because sometimes it's not always a happy ending so i don't know like I find in real it life kind of, <laughs> yeah exactly and i find it kind of refreshing like oh they're kind of get got a little bit more uh adventurous and and risk-taking in his movies and he's a guy who i think directed the first like uh walking dead too uh, you might think he's known for that that that's um genre uh -huh. mm -hmm. he's done a few movies in that, in that aspect yeah is that the one where they get trapped inside the... The grocery store. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very yeah. awesome. And it's a scary movie, like, with all these monsters and stuff in the mist. But uh, the scary part to me was the way the people... Acted. Acted and mm -hmm. became and acted toward each other. That's right. the realism part. That's yeah. the Lord of the Flies shit. You know? Yeah, that's that's yeah. the scary part to me. Mm -hmm. The monsters were cool, but the scary part was watching the people kind of turn. That always made me think, like, man, I, like, I wonder when you're in a situation... Really, what the, like, movies like that is just lack of leadership. Because uh, um, because people do want to, they're for the majority people are gonna want to follow mm -hmm. someone or they want someone to take charge and lead them away because it's, you're gonna get to that point and if you don't have that kind of leadership role you're gonna get that you're gonna get people start like freaking out you're gonna get like I said Lord of the, or Piggy get murdered <laughs> you know in Lord of the Flies they're gonna get that yeah. if you don't have if they don't Clutch. have anything. If you let people wander around without a leader, you know, type thing to follow. Like you take away the structure from society. And that's what it is. You need a little bit of structure in the leadership role in order to balance it out. One extreme goes to the other, you know. Yeah. You need that balance. But, yeah, that's just natural. And that, that's what you mean is scary because it's natural human behavior. Yeah. Meaning that's super very possible. Yeah, but, you know? that, that's the scary part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. If you let things go out of control, 
without a little bit of structure, or, you know, you get right. extreme chaos. Yeah, that's what's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it makes you sad. Like, damn, that's what we are? You know, yeah. <laughs> we're all pieces of shit. You know, yeah. like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I get words like that, though. I like, I like sad stuff sometimes. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. It's, it, I like to feel sad. Yeah, I, 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 I have that, too. I yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, babe. That's why I pick fights with you. You know, no. <laughs> just, I like to, Just I keeping have, it interesting. I, I'm a masochist, yeah. you know. So yeah. I'm emotional masochist, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> oh. Do you have? Do you find you and your wife have uh, a similar taste and stuff, or do you find no. each? No. Because I don't. Well. Yeah, I don't either. Kind so like, I find each other like exposing each other to different things. Like, oh, she's trying to expose me to this, and I'm trying to expose her to that, as opposed to like we both enjoy watching the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I do know because I was in a relationship before where we both loved the same thing, and I was bored out of my fucking mind. Right. <laughs> like, man, like I didn't even like oh, this isn't fun. I like the fact that we don't like the same shit. Is that uh, explained for your? Uh, uh, yeah, we both have completely different tastes and mm-hmm. stuff, and it it's interesting. Like we're different personalities, mm-hmm. and we like different things. But I find that makes it more interesting for both of us. Hundred percent. Conversation. I agree. We have longer. I've never like. Found anybody can have like long conversations with like that. Mm-hmm. We discuss things. We put each other's stuff down all the time. Hundred percent, yeah. Sucks. <laughs> I don't cheat. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm never going to the movies with you again. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, some of the stuff you pick up from each other, if you do, re- it opens it opens it up. Without like, knowing oh, it. Hey, you know man, what? I've seen Since every Twilight like like movie yeah. for some reason. Yeah. I should. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Actually, one thing we ended up. I think the only thing we agree upon on anything is just how we we're raising our kids. You uh-huh. know, that's got to be the only way. Other than that, like you know, if you know, because we're growing up all the time, we we have nothing else like in common or. Like, Oh, well, that and no doubt. We have we both love no doubt, you know. Oh, oh but yeah. other than that, we're like just very different personalities, you know. But I like that because I like the dynamic. Yeah, it makes it more interesting. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of times where we're literally just choking the shit each other, uh, it, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. For anybody who wants to, whatever. <laughs> no, metaphorically, you know, there's we're just at each other's throats, just like oh my god, you know. And it's because we have dynamic personalities. Mm-hmm. But that makes it so much more exciting when things are going great, you know, that kind of thing. I just yeah. I just like that fact. Yeah. Because those are like maybe like uh like surface differences you know 100 yeah. percent. yeah because like, i think when you get to like the core like the things that actually matter that kind of hold yeah, you together that, that's where we're, we're on the same level type thing so, yeah. like you said like your kids or whatever, yeah exactly you know? and there's nothing in as far as like marriage goes i don't think there's anything more important than making sure that the person the the little guys you're raising are raised in the way you you know the right way yeah perspective yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean uh, that's great though. That, I'd like to hear that from other people because uh, there's not too many people I know that are have remained married. All, actually, to be honest with you, all the people that I know that have remained married that haven't been divorced, it's because they have such contradicting personalities. Both of them, like right. I, you know, Christine and Frank are still together and they've been here for a while, and they're like not really too much like each other at all. <laughs> no, <they're laughs> like, like in some sense, like yourself and your wife. It's cool. That's and there's something to that where because no shit like when I hear someone says like oh I married my best friend like no no you didn't your best friend would let you get a blowjob when you're out at a party okay <laughs> shut the fuck up with I, that you married I your best yeah no shit like oh hell <laughs> your best friend would keep a you're secret you're the best for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you married your, you married your best friend your best friend would keep a secret for you your best friend would not fucking divorce you she if she found out some real shit that's what I'm talking about like it's such like are you, are you a pussy or something like why are you marrying your best friend you should be marrying someone that you fucking constantly that you're uh, throats each other with you know that's 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 what I that's the way I feel about it you know and like I said most couples that I've known that uh, are more like contra you know to each other mm-hmm. personalities they've thrown once a, ironically been staying together the longest you know hmm. I think there's something to that I don't know you know I don't know what do you think oh yeah yeah I guess I haven't really thought about it like 
in depth enough, but you know, I think you know there is something to that. Yeah, you know, it's um kind of like why bring sand to the beach? You know, like you have like something, I've heard that many times. You know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't bring a, sand to the beach. Yeah, like, I mean, it just makes sense. I don't really know how to break it down, but uh, fuck, uh, it's like I, I don't know. Have you ever like had like two magnets? Yep, absolutely. Yes, have you ever put like maybe like you know like the polar sides that are like uh-huh. you know like similar like it doesn't no it, matter how much it's forced yeah. for them to come yeah. together it has to be forced and right you, you and it doesn't even really come together you and know exactly you never want to force something but yeah. you have like the opposite ends the north the south whatever it yeah. just like goes perfectly yeah I mean, but in order for them to come together if without being forced you need to extreme, increase the heat and that right now it's in the summer so that's what you mean no I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> just you gotta get out there Louis. right just now you gotta you know, man. hit the bars because it's hot <laughs> It's good attraction time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's easier to attract when it's hotter. No, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something to yeah. it. It always made me. It always made me laugh when someone says like they married their best friend. Like you're an idiot. No, you did it. And, you know, they're two like, completely different people. Like it shouldn't be a context. Like when you just think of best friend, it's like you know a person that's there, thick and thin, good or bad. Like uh-huh. there, there's no like. Um, like, there's no rules to it. It, it just kind of, like, works out that way with that like, person. Well, know? I think um, we were talking about this before, but, like, um, how, like... Okay, so expand more than that. Like, if you marry your best friend, you that means you married someone that you have feelings for because you have so many things in common. Because you guys relate to each other in a certain way. Because you guys get it so much. Like, that's... But there's no passion there, if that's the case. Because you are you really are literally marrying your best friend. You're marrying a friend. You're marrying someone you have... Um, uh, you don't have an emotional connection to. You have something where... Like, if you take it away, you're going to feel sad, that kind of thing, which you're confusing for an emotional connection or an honest connection. But what you're getting there is someone that you just have a bunch of things in common because you have the same taste in music, the same taste in food, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. What, remember we were talking about how, like, if you love someone, you shouldn't be, oh, what do you like most about your wife? Or what do you love, you know, why do you love your wife? You shouldn't be able to answer that question. It should be a feeling that you just have inside you that you can't explain right. why because once you were able to explain it then you make it tangible and if you make it tangible you can take it away yeah you take away like whatever it is that you think is special exactly you know? exactly so you're because t- if, t- if i give you a list of why i love my wife <clears throat> that means if i didn't have any of those things i wouldn't love my wife anymore no of course not you know right that, so meaning it's beyond it should be beyond that so like let's say for example like if you give someone like oh I can give you a list of every reason why I love my wife and he and he names everything that he has in common with her like yeah we're looking well well let's take away all of those things are you not gonna love your wife anymore like you know you shouldn't be able to you shouldn't be able to feel it or touch it right or explain right. it you shouldn't be able to explain anything you know and that that's the way I feel about that thing you know no definitely definitely yeah that's maybe all not to uh, say about that <laughs> <laughs> maybe that term like best friend mm-hmm. is the only kind of like relative term you have or you know of yeah and maybe it's the wrong one but it's all you know how to use mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's yeah it, it definitely it's something more than that it should be yeah, yeah it's it something should. more than that and maybe that's like the only it's it like should, yeah. wife and then you have best friend and what other like word like means like deep connection and or something intangible yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. There, maybe like, there is no word it's just like that for well, lack of a better word yeah, exactly it's the same thing well let's say like to, um, to be to put, put it more in, in you know depth like when you're explaining like oh, you know the, like the love for children or a child you're yeah. like you tell your wife like or you know a mother and a child or a father and child like oh why do you love this kid <laughs> you don't have nothing in common with him when he's like one years old of course I don't have any but I, I just have I have a connection to him yeah well, right. yeah that's what it is it's not because you have anything in common with them or because you guys get along that come obviously that'll come later but at the beginning the love is still there it just 
it's not explained away with something like something stupid like oh we have a you know no, we both cry we like, both exactly, get hungry exactly yeah. it's just you know it's that emotional connection that shouldn't be explained I, that's mm-hmm. how I feel about it either. or it shouldn't have to rather it, it or shouldn't, shouldn't have to it. that's probably a better way to put yeah. it yeah. Sometimes, yeah sometimes it's good just not to you know just leave it as like it that is. yeah uh-huh. exactly yeah you know what that reminds me of the Matrix where um um do you remember I think it was Matrix Part 2 the Revelations so. or whatever where where they're in the train station and Neo's talking to those Indian people. Yeah. And he's like saying like um oh you know he's talking about love and he's oh, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. oh you look surprised and, um you've never heard a program or a machine use the word term love and he's like, it's just a word to explain the connection and it's like oh yeah that's that's a great point that you made yeah. it is it's just we're using this to explain a connection that's felt that 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 shouldn't be explained you know what I'm saying yeah. it's just it's there and always there I mean that you know that's how it should be that kind hmm. of thing. Well, just like um, like to explain love is just a word for what is just a chemical reaction in the brain, you know? It's just mm, chemicals. That's actually real true. That, you know? That's when we get to the minutiae of it. That, but I'm, I'm, I kind of disagree with that too, by the way, though. Because, like, it shouldn't be, like, synapses firing. And we get to the point right. where, like, that's, like, okay, fade into you, Mazzy Star. Easily one of the most, for me, it grabs me in an emotional way. And I, if I tell you something like, oh, you know what? That's probably my favorite song because every time I hear it, it brings me to tears. And then, like, a, an actual neurosurgeon was telling me, like, well, that's only really because it reminds you of a certain point in your life here where it touches you emotionally because your synapses are firing. Like, okay, now you explain it scientifically, but you're missing the point. Like, now I get why that's my first song, but you're missing the point of, why, you know, why that's my first song. That kind of thing. So there's, a, I think there's, like, two-way window for that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, where, like, yes, I get the I get the, the detailed scientific minutiae of it. Right. But... If you have to explain it that in that detail, then you're missing the point of why that's my favorite song. You know you're I mean? taking away why it's so special. Like. Actually, I think I think that's maybe more goes to like we were talking about last part about balance. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it should be the whole where it's not easy explained and where it's super detailed explained. Now it's mm-hmm. like you need to find that happy medium. You know? Right, right. Yeah, something like that. Tell me, man, those those Buddhists got it. Those in those yeah. those Chinese got it the right way, man. <laughs> Tile, you know, by balance and all that. You know, something's yeah, up. Um, speaking uh, of uh, going back to Matrix, what are some of your favorite movies that really changed the way you look at things philosophically wise? Um, I'll, I'll take your answer first, and I'll get to your lucky. Yeah, I would okay. think like the Matrix, one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of a like a social, like um, social, like activism kind of thing. Like the movie, I like the movie Che, just That's Motorcycle great. Diaries. Those movies mm. that talk about like your personal responsibility yeah. as a as a human, like what you do the way you act toward other people I, you know that's you know. a great point yeah and I remember watching both the well not Cher Cher I saw on Netflix when it was on but Motorcycle yeah. I remember seeing that in high school or maybe right after high school but I remember in the movie theaters when I saw it I'm like oh man this is I, yeah. well I really like that guy uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's he's good stuff and I like the fact that that movie uh, you know Motorcycle Diaries is obviously uh, before the whole revolution thing mm-hmm. and, but it's his how he got there you know and yeah. it's him seeing that relation with the people suffering face to face right because it's easy to read a book or it's easy to look up online and you know there's kids dying in Africa mm-hmm. you know uh, what are we doing about that though you know and it's, yeah. it can fill you passion as you're looking at it but when you're there face to face with someone and you're seeing that emotional res- the heartache from someone and mm-hmm. it's causing you to feel the same empathy like that's what makes you literally just want to change that's what actually gets you to change the point of view 
You know what I'm saying? Completely. Right. As opposed to something where, like, I'm reading about it and it's fucked up, so we got to do something. Let me hashtag Ferguson on this. <laughs> let oh, me right. hashtag yeah. Black Lives Matter. Let me, like, a couple of pages on Facebook. Exactly. Let me let me share this. Let me spread the word. Let me put a picture of it. That done my good deed for exactly. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to you're seeing someone's face where they're heartbroken because their kid was beatily brutal by a, a cop one day. That's a yeah. go against any cops or anything because, you know, I have yeah. a lot of friends. But they're, they're emotionally changed from that. And then you look them in their eyes and emotionally changes you. Yeah. And now you really want to do something about it. And I, I thought that movie was a perfect, like, it gave you an insight into him, into Che Guevara, or Nestor Che Guevara. You know, he, he's awesome. I, I really yeah. found him as a folk hero to listen to grow up to. Like, oh, that's really cool, you know. Yeah, so, besides the motorcycle diaries, what, what else were you saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, recently, Zoles, I mean, I know, like, an hour after this, I'm going to remember, like, ten movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, but right now I'm like drawing a blank. And when you're re-listening are... to this, exactly. Like, why yeah. did I say I'm this? Like, why yeah. did I say this? I sound like an idiot. <laughs> right, 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 no, right, I right. do the same, dude. When we're listening, yeah. Yeah, but I, just recently more, it's about just uh, trying to be the type of person you know that you want to grow up to be. I guess even at yeah. at at my age, I guess. No, it's always. I don't. I yeah. mean, it shouldn't ever stop to change yeah. and try to improve yourself. Yeah. You're like, how, how how am I? What am I doing? How can I be better toward others? Right. How can right. I empathize? You know. Hmm. So it's just like yeah, just I like movies with those themes as well. That's good. Yeah, man. yeah. That's good. I mean, you know, actually, I think that's the majority of the kid movies. To be honest with you, kids movies have easy themes. Like you yeah. know, I find myself watching those kind of things. Or, well, actually, no, because none of my kids like little kid movies. But, <laughs> but like, like I don't know. You know what I found like with slasher films? Mm-hmm. Uh, my my son is you know he's young, but he's really into horror movies. Uh, Tommy's yeah. the best, but <laughs> and, and I don't want to you know turn this to him. Uh, you know, where I'm talking about my kids on the podcast, but he, um, like, I remember at first, like, I was a little shy off, but I'm really, like, I've been preaching, like, anti-censorship forever. Yeah. How hypocritical would it be if I ever, if I start censoring him to, like, things like that? That's how I felt about it, you know? And our, our parents didn't censor us to shit, you know? Mm. So I figured, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, with the exception of, you know, you know, anything sex, pornography. Yeah. And that's still only because I censored him to that because... Um, pre puberty it has an effect on you as opposed to post puberty right uh-huh. so I don't want to do anything to skew him the way he's thinking like that but um, or even my daughter Gwen but as far as like violence or gore like let it all fly you know that yeah, kind of thing okay. but I found that the you do you know you know I, I, I you know I took a film class in in college and all that and I and I found like oh you know slasher films specifically horror movies in general but slasher films specifically have a theme where um, the virgin always survives <laughs> the, the person who never has sex always survives the, fir- the first the one, purity, to, the yeah, first yeah. one to die is either the slut or the whore, or the sex, yeah, or the douchebag and the jerk. You know, like the jock. The jock. Usually, yeah. the jock slash asshole slash jerk is usually the first one to die, and it, and the one only people that survive is either the virgin or the nerd, and it, it and it puts you like, oh, the persons who are assholes in life get punished, and the and that's if you look at it, there's really kind of almost religious tone themes. Yeah, definitely. The meek shall inherit the earth. Biblical exactly. allegory. Absolutely. To these, yeah. To slasher films. Yeah. And you don't think about it because it's stupid high school kids uh, in gory sex and, you know, uh, yeah. gratuitous nudity and uh, people drinking. But the preference die are they're always the guys who are drinking and being assholes or being dumb. Uh, those are the, some of the first ones that die. The person that survives is always, like you said, the meek shall inherit the earth. It's absolutely. always the quiet little librarian girl, the little nerdy kid. They, they maybe, you know, whatever they come. It's always them that survive the, the big show, whatever. 
And I think there's a, you know, if he keeps watching those movies like that kind of thing, like there's a subconscious feed going into him, like, oh, okay, don't be this guy because he always dies in his movies, you yeah, know, right. vice versa, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Just keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we don't know. Hey, I'm experimenting. Hey, kids, <laughs> <laughs> there's one big experiment if you're listening to this. Later. Don't quote me. <laughs> but isn't, isn't that kind of weird, though? Because they, they use this, like, uh, I guess these age old lessons, but in this new context. But hmm. it doesn't really, exp- it can- doesn't it kind of distort your idea, your perception of what real life is. 100%. Because not yeah. always, the good guy doesn't always win. The yeah, doctor doesn't always right. get what's coming to him, that kind of yeah. stuff, you know? Well, yes and no. Because, um, like, if you're, any lesson you're taking when you're growing up as a kid doesn't mean that's how it is in life. It yeah. means it's how you're responding to those situations <clears throat> in your life. And because you took these lessons, like, regardless, okay. Like, let's say you grow up with a certain lesson. Yeah. I know if I give money to a homeless person, he's he's not always going to, oh, he's going to, the money I give him, he's going to turn around and buy some food or get a job with it. No, that's not necessarily true. He's going to probably buy booze yeah. or do something negative. But that doesn't, that's not for me to take. That, that's not for me to judge on what he does with the money I give him. For me, to try to be a good person, the lessons I learned as a kid is for me to actually not think of him like, roll up my window if I see him. Or for me, like, to, to flip him off or like, oh, get a fucking job, loser. Yeah. It's not, because that would turn me into the asshole. If the lessons I take from whatever thing I learned is for me to give him, hey, let me give him a buck to help him out. Yeah. And then whatever he does with the money, that's on his decision, his choice. Yeah. So whatever, regardless of how, what real life That's happens, beyond you, yeah. It's beyond exactly. me. For me, it's the lessons for me to be a better person. Yeah. That's the lessons I want to teach the kids. Yeah. Like, and to teach them that too, though. To teach them like, hey, real life, it doesn't always work out, regardless of what you do. You know, it, it might be shitty, you know, even though you're the good guy, good guys don't always finish, last, you know, that kind of thing, right. good finish last type of thing, you know, and for them to accept that, you know, just to know that shouldn't change your decision on what you do to make yourself or be good person, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So there's something to that too, you know, because I don't want them to do everything based on how real life is because it might not necessarily turn out, you know what I'm saying? It might make them even shittier people if I, if I, in real life, like you should, uh, if we live the way real life is, like, I'd, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be a, just a dick and worry about my own shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, some, like, nihilistic asshole. Kind very of much. Yeah, it's yeah. very much. Yeah, nihilism, like, I'm worried about me and my own. I'm not bo- yeah, you're bordering it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. You know, it's not about that. Sometimes you're going to get screwed over. Sometimes it's it's okay, you know, and yeah. sometimes that shouldn't affect the fact that you need to make a good decision for mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you need to make the, the right decision, even though you're going to get screwed over. That's the whole point. Yeah. You know? And don't brag about it either. You know, Anastasia was a. Yeah, exactly. Well, Einstein's famous quote, you know, and I don't know if it's famous, but uh, I'd rather take an uh, ostracized vice rather than a, a bodacious virtue or whatever. Like, mm. people that brag about their fucking, you know, like, oh, I give money to a homeless dude or. I Praise think, me. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> or I think it's the same thing, like, on social media when you're seeing, like, uh, when you see kind of a hot girl or semi pretty, like, she's like, oh, this dude called me ugly and in sad face. I'm like, oh, you're just saying that so you get 100 comments and so, yeah. like, no, you're right, right. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Like, yeah, that kind of thing. But still, they can get all the attention that they want. You know, ostentatious. They... I don't know why I said ostracized. Uh, ostentatious virtue. Yeah. Yeah, ostentatious virtue is, is I'd rather take a, a silent vice to an ostentatious virtue. That's gotcha. the actual quote. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same thing, you know. So I'm, I, you know, I don't want to, like I said, they're gonna learn how they should be, regardless yeah. of the world treats them how they should be, react, you know, reacting. Yeah, mm. it's 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 interesting because uh, the people I've known that have kind of like grown up like you're like you said you're not censoring your kids to like violence and yeah. stuff like that. They're like kind of like I've, I've noticed that they're kind of like up on it, like more. Um, they know what's up. Uh, yeah. Sooner than other people. Me, That's I was late to the game. I was very. Um, censored or very you know sheltered sheltered yeah, yeah exactly when i was growing up now it's kind of late to the game 
realizing all these things mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, okay, it's not really like that. And I wish I would have known that sooner. Yeah, that's how I stuff. feel about yeah. it. I just don't want them to, I've said it before, I don't want them to not be prepared when mm-hmm. shit goes down. Because shit's going <clears> to <throat> go down. And I, you know, I told that to Gwen, uh, my daughter Gwen, like, uh, dude, you're going to get your heart broken. There's going to be a dude you fall in love with. And you're going to think uh, if he leaves you at the end of the world, uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I've been yeah. there. Your mom's been there. It's going to happen. Just be prepared for it, you know, and realize that it's not, you know, it, it sucks, man, because you don't want, you know, that's something you can't, you can't stop from changing. Right. And right. it's instinctual. Like, damn, you just want to kill this dude. Like, <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. And you're like, oh, shit, you know. But at the same time, like, I want this to happen to her as soon as possible. So when she's in her early 20s, she's not fucking like oh no you know and becoming she's never really even mature you know right. mentally adapted to it you know because i've seen that before where girls that don't fall in love to they're in their early mid 20s and all of a sudden they think it's complete they're in the world but they're actual adults you know they're not yeah. teenagers you know and like oh my god you don't know how to handle anything you know <laughs> like oh what's wrong with yeah. you yeah so i'd rather have that happen to her as early as possible get out the way and then she can know grow from it that kind of yeah, yeah be ahead of the game exactly mm-hmm. yeah and same thing with Tom too that you know just get your heart broken as early as possible so you can know the deal with relationships right away you know and then you don't have to have this fairy tale mentality and then when it comes when later in your life you're gonna be even more devastated because you have this whole like fucking Prince Charming thing in your head yeah. and it's not the case when with you know it's not the case with, there's no perfect man after there's no perfect woman you know and and when you learn that later <laughs> in life, you're gonna fucking it's gonna hit you way harder than it did. If you learn, if you some learn, some people don't. Man, it's that thing, you know. <laughs> movies, dude, watch movies. <laughs> you know, you should be semi prepared. Twilight got it right finally. Right? <laughs> I never thought I'd ever hear that that statement said. I was kidding. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. oh, said no one ever. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to add that. <laughs> That's funny. Do you ever plan on having kids with me? No, never. No. no. I think that's a very, like, antiquated way of thinking for, like, people that think, like, oh, you're married, you should have a kid. It's like, no, maybe, like, a thousand years ago when the population was one million. We're way overpopulated now. There's no need to be, like, over-spreading your seeds, any, you know, because like, I'm one of these guys, like, granted, I had kids when I was 19, my first kid, but uh, but I really don't think people should even be, like, trying to do that until they're in their early to mid-30s. You know what I mean? I feel like if you even want to have kids, mentally you're not prepared for it until you're way later in life. You're more yeah. experienced. With it. And that's even if you, like, it's no, there's, no, there's no pressure. There shouldn't be any pressure on people to be like, oh, when are you going to have kids? When you're like, dude, <laughs> no, this is the fucking 21st century. This is 2015. We don't need that anymore. Yeah. That's not a necessity for the, for the humanity to keep going, you know? Get out of that mindset. You, you don't need that. And it shouldn't be. Why are you going to, like, there's enough of these little kids. There's enough kids that need to be adopted for yeah. us to even come up for the part like oh you know there's no need for that yeah so that's i mean that's that's good it's modern way of thinking uh, you know? yeah well i don't know it's just like we don't it's not like uh something we think about or somewhere like trying to do right now yeah um but yeah i get asked that often and i get different responses and isn't it in the past i've lied just <laughs> yeah. to not deal with it of course I'm yeah like, oh, later not now whatever yeah. because it, it's a question i get off like all the time oh you're gonna have kids and stuff like that but it's just like me and her and we're cool like that right now and yeah honestly it's not even like a judgmental thing about like other people that have kids because we got like all these god kids mm-hmm. and dude we love them and they're, stuff like that they're omnipotent or uh, no, they, god kids no like, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it demigods yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. they're half they're like mortals little, uh, yeah, they're, 
They're on a, this metaphysical plane. and Oh, that's yeah, really yeah. super cool. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of them? Yeah, I'm not religious, but I got God kids, so I don't know how that I works gotcha, out. I got yeah. <laughs> it's just irony, right? Yeah. Irony, that's the true God. One true God is irony, right? <laughs> yeah, and I ask, I tell them, like, you sure you want me God? God? You know what I, you know, <laughs> don't believe in, and you know, that kind of stuff. Like, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. That's good. That's good that your friends, like, say, you know, think, oh, yeah, great for him, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I wouldn't, like, I think mostly because my wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just come with a package. <laughs> that's so, funny. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. No, but that's good. It's very modern way of thinking. And, uh, I mean, I, I just always felt that way, like, there's no need to rush it or even need to, because I would hate it because I would get a lot of this when, like, um, they would ask, you know, whoever friends of mine, like, yeah. And you'd see the old, obviously, that's always the parents or the grandparents. Like, when are you going to have kids? We want grandkids. Like, oh my God, that's so, you're so late. Why are you thinking this way? This isn't, like I said, this isn't a thousand years ago. There's no need for everybody to have kids. That's not the reason people should be together in the first place. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. You know? I, I just, I don't really that. But you, no, I get uh, you. for you, you you do want to have kids eventually one day. Yeah, one day, yeah. But mm-hmm. I want to know the same thing. I want to get married first, you know, mm-hmm. have all that stuff, you know, settled and out of the way. Yeah. And from there, I guess, you know, just, can't really be prepared to be a parent. Yeah. Even just the thought of it, you know, it just scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, I, I had a dream uh, a couple hey, of weeks I? ago. Uh, it was w- wasn't one of those kinds of dreams. Oh, damn it! I thought you were gonna go for it. I said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, wait." Because <laughs> you said you had a dream the other day. Right. Yes, that I. And what did you? Oh, dream? I dreamed that. <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare of uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dreams often lie. <laughs> Or that dreamers lie in bed dreaming. Do dreams that they whatever come true, whatever. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh man, um, it was um, like actually just that part of the dream. I don't even remember the rest of the dream, but I know it had nothing to do with the part that I remember. Um, it was. Let, let, let me just pause sure. it real quick. Yeah, we usually stop right here and do another part two episode. But I found that we can do one longer episode. Um, you know, we, now that we can, you know, upload. Right, right. And you want you, you want to continue, right? Sure. Yeah. If you don't mind, we'd like to continue the conversation along instead of cutting into parts. Let's just do one longer episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Cool, I'll man. All right, so that was that was gonna be our break. If we do <laughs> need a break to do anything, we'll play a song meanwhile, and then we'll go outside. Or whatever. <laughs> All right. So just let me know Sounds if anyone good. needs to take a break, piss break, or whatever. Right, I'm good right sorry. now. Go ahead. What were you saying? You had a drink. No, um, yeah. Um, I guess it's it was me looking at myself. Only I was, uh, like, in scrubs, you know? Oh, really? Huh. Like, I was in scrubs. Uh, I had, like, a hat, like, the mask and everything. The dad thing, gift delivering. Well, I don't know if I delivered it. It's just, like, the part that I remember where I'm, like, looking at myself, you know, in scrubs. I'm holding this baby all bun- bundled up. And then there's, like, uh, a woman, like, in the background, like, on a gurney. Like, okay. it looked blurry. Like, it was just kind of, like, focused on me holding the baby. Then there's, like, a woman in the background. Hmm. And, um... Uh, that was pretty much a dream. That's I just, interesting. I just remember waking up and I felt weird. Really? I don't know. It's just one of those yeah. dreams. I don't know. Yeah. Like uh, like I told a coworker about it. Uh-huh. I don't like. It's like one of those. I don't know. Like if it's supposed to mean something completely different because I know like dreams always have like represent. Some, they're they're your own therapist, different. basically. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think this was just like something literal. Like it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it seems pretty you know? obvious. Yeah. Uh, like nothing really happened. It's just me holding like this crying baby, and I just remember feeling scared. That's interesting. I just woke up feeling like fucking just. Do you find yourself like emotionally, <laughs> do you more emotionally ready for like fatherhood than you have lately? Uh, no, not really. No, I think you know, just uh, 
the older I get, the more, you know, clouded I get with, like, my own neurosis and anxieties and stuff like that, you know? But it doesn't, I don't think that applies to men as, as much as to women, just because they have a biological clock as opposed to men who were in, you know, Picasso was in his 70s when he was having kids, that kind of thing. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's an age thing. I think yeah. it's just, like, man, like, just trying to put myself in the position, you know, what it would feel like to be a father. Oh, it's so fucking like, weird. Like, man. I don't even know, think I'm in, I don't even think about it right now, because I, if I think about it, like, I'm just like, scared <laughs> to death, dude. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I feel, just, like, fuck, like. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like, man, I just want to protect them from all the horrors of the world and <clears throat> things like that, like. Sometimes I just feel like, like, if I stop to sit and think about it, like, holy shit, if I lose my job, like people are homeless because of me like i can't like, oh my god like i don't want to even think about the responsibility you know the heavy lies of brow on the crowd that kind of thing right, like, right. Oh my god, i don't even want to i try not to think about it so then i'll have another beer and i just you know, like, <laughs> put out that fire Drink right? it away yeah subdue those thoughts <laughs> exactly yeah but um yeah man it's uh just fear like and it's an unexplainable fear yeah it's definitely more like you know, I've been privy to different kinds of fear for obvious reasons, right. you know, um, so, but there's never, have I ever been more terrified than, like, even, it wasn't even that long ago, maybe it was a month or two ago, where, I'm like, I thought, like, my child was missing, and yeah. you know, it was, like, one of those, like, it was kind of like where you lose a kid in a grocery store type thing, but it wasn't that, it was more like, I, she, I thought she was going to be home, and she wasn't home, and, and I'm just, like, oh, I'm freaking out, and I'm, like, legitimately, I've had the heaviest heart out of every, in my whole life. And it was one of those things like, oh my god, this is—I've never known fear like this before. And it was almost paralyzing fear. And I'm not—I'm I'm not used to that at all. Used to like where you ha you're afraid of something or a situation goes down, you know how to react. And uh, I'm very, very used to like, uh, I know what to do in this case. I know what to do in that case. You—you you go into—you go into like even like um, I think I think Robert Nero said it in Ronin. Like you never want mm -hmm. to go in somewhere where you don't have an exit plan. So you, every time you enter a room, you're always like, okay, cool. You know, I, you know, if this goes down, then you have exit plan here, or you grab this tool here. You like that's kind of how your mind thinks. Yeah. This was legitimately the first time where I didn't know what the I'm like my my hands were on my my on my side and I'm like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. What what was what goes on in this case? I didn't have a plan for it, and it would just paralyze you with fear. And you only get that with kids. You only only get that with paralyzing type fear with 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 children when like something the the uh the unthinkable happens that type of thing it's really really curious really interesting hmm. i'm assuming it's that kind of fear that you're, you're kind of leading uh, i guess like yeah. I, I don't i don't really know i just know like man i'm yeah. scared of shit right know? right 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 because <laughs> uh, i'm just prepping myself we're not we're not helping jose's happens. case to have kids like hey don't have kids <laughs> fuck that yeah, shit i'm like i'm gonna wait you know yeah, <laughs> no even yeah, then yeah, another even. 30 years fuck that no shit. but I, I find that interesting because like um, knowing you and your your, your background, mm -hmm. it's like um, you've dealt with different situations, just like you said. Mm -hmm. But then it's like it's something that's it's it, just affects you. So what, what's crazy? It's like because um, it's it's that kind of mentality where like um, something happens to you, you don't know how to deal with it, and you can get over it because yeah. you're strong enough to do anything. But if something happens to the one you love, and you don't know how to react because you don't know how to deal with it. You don't know how to react. You don't know how to. Uh, like you can't change shit, yeah. I mean, and, it, and it makes you feel powerless. And you, especially when you don't feel like, um, usually anything that happens to you, like I said, you're quick to adapt. You're even mentally, you're like, it's like you know, you think about it a certain way. But something happens to someone, you, the one you love, the one you, you're, you're supposed to take care of, responsibility yeah. wise, it's just, it's earth shattering. It's un, yeah. it's un, like I said, unthinkable. I don't even yeah. you know, can't even explain it away. That kind of thing. So curious, real, real curious. Yeah. Hmm. I think I was actually, to be honest with you, I was talking to my grandma about this maybe uh, a couple weeks ago. 
every now and then. And you know, she's she's had a long life. One of those women, and she's lost two kids. She's lost my husband. And, yeah. it's, and it's her perspective <clears throat> on things is extremely interesting to me. Like, it makes me feel like, damn man, like you haven't done shit with your life because this <laughs> this is a woman who's like, a, you know, like I said, she's. And it's that thing, like that's why I love old people. Like, I, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> fucking fascinating to me the lives they've led. Because because um, it's not like she hers is anything. Uh, maybe a little bit, you know, some details here and there, but most old people have lived that life where they have just full of interesting facts, that shit, crazy shit that's happened to them, and the way they survive, or they keep going, and the way they adapt to their, you know, to their stories of their own lives, you know, it's really, really interesting. And it's not like she's anything special. Like other people have done that too. Other people have had that happen to them too. But the perspective to me, it's just, it's just full of a certain kind of wisdom. Where like, damn, how did you adapt to that happening to you? Hmm. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. And the fact that she's sharing it with you. Oh, exactly, yeah. and it sh- and it should be. You know, that's if anything. You know, with yeah. you know, wisdom is one of those things that I I hold high above anything else, philosophy major, whatever. So, but coming coming from that, like, damn, that's that's it, you know, why don't more people know about this? You know, why don't, you almost feel like you should be, like, you should be on the podcast. Fuck this, you know, like, yeah. I shouldn't have my own podcast. You should have your pocket. You know, you almost want like you should be saying this to everybody. I feel that way about like someone like my grandma or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I've gone back and like. Uh, literally apologize to like my parents yeah. and my grandma because I was I would disappear I would like disappear as a little kid like uh, third fourth grader just take off like after school I'll disappear go play some arcades yeah. so, you know you're little you don't for me I was like you're not thinking oblivious. about how yeah. thinking yeah. I'm like me I'm gonna go to the arcades I'm gonna buy me some chips and when I get back oh they're gone okay I'm gonna walk home yeah and I walk home like a mile or two or whatever and not, and they're freaking out. They're calling, you know, the police. All the neighbors, all, all the friends, that. yeah. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? I just showed up. <laughs> you know, where's <laughs> dinner? And I would do that often. And I did that to my grandma. And then older, like, fuck, that was like really fucked up. Thing it gets smooth, man. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking sorry. And I feel like like a dick for doing that, even though I was a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because then, yeah, you hear stuff like what you said. It's like, man, it. That shit fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Earth shattering. Yeah. yeah. It, and you're, it's the same way. You're like, damn, you, it's, I always, I always roll my fucking eyes every time they say, like, when you have kids, you'll understand. Every time they're trying to give you a life lesson. Oh, yeah. Like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be like you when I'm a dad. Like, uh, and then you, you eat your fucking tail between my legs. Like, ah, uh, you're kind of right. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's that mentality, you know. It's that parent's curse, I guess. It is what it is, man. But Whatever it is. Yeah, and, and you, like, and now you're like, I wish I had listened to what you had to say. Wish yeah. I wasn't so caught up in my own stuff. It's a, you know the yeah. same thing I brought up earlier. Like I wish I knew what I knew now when I was younger. Yeah. You know, you just wish you. I just wish I wasn't such a little asshole. <laughs> and it's gonna keep going because you yeah. know your kids are gonna do it to you too. Yeah, eventually. To, to, to a certain extent. Yeah, I think they're so. They're gonna think that oh well, whatever, Dad. You know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be like, all right, you know. Yeah. You're acting like it. it everybody act, wants to act like they're the special one. Like it's not the same thing that you've heard before. You know. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's funny though. Yeah. But now you get to be the one to like just be like, all right, just you'll see. I definitely think there's something to the the generational thing. You know, uh-huh. the internet has a lot to do with it. But there's something different going on where this generation is. It seems a little bit different than the one raised before it. So our kids are being raised in a, in a different way where it's more relatable. We can relate to our children a little bit better than our parents related to us. You know, and there's there's like a I find myself becoming more friends with my kids than I ever was with us because I, I I know for sure me and I know for sure Loaf. Like it's not like we ever had conversations, buddy, buddy conversations with our parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. So, yeah. Fuck no. 
But I mean, I'm already having those conversations where like, oh, we're just talking about random stuff and like random YouTube videos, you know, yeah. like those top, t- you know, those top five scary movie shit, you know, right. shit like that, yeah. like, or uh, true scary stories. Like I'm having a conversation about that with my kid and we're, we're just like, oh, wow, man, you see that one? And he's telling me about videos. I'm telling him about videos. And it's, it really is a buddy, buddy vibe. There's definitely something to that where I think, like I said, the internet's helping, but this generation is, is a, a bridge and it's, it's interesting where the, the next 10 years will take us with this future because with every, I'm talking with every parent yeah, and every, you know, just like I said, this generation where it's going to be, uh, it, it, there's, there's something to it where it's, it, uh, the bridge is, um, has gapped us on a little bit more blurry lines. It's not that big a difference and like, Oh, that's your parent. Cause he was born in 85. And that's your, that's, and you're the son because you were born in 2000, 2005. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of like that thing where like um, once you hit twenty one, you're and you're drinking, uh, everything gets bl- a little bit more blended together. You know, the age matter doesn't really matter that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm I'm curious to see where the next five to ten years go as far as America or the world in, in general. So how everybody's interacting with each other. You know? Yeah, it's like a new way of uh, parenting. And just kind of passing along information. Yeah, that's and what it is, passing along information. I, 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 find that, I find that cool because you're able, you're giving them a way to talk to you mm. and in a way go to you, like in the future. Yeah, and they have real problems. Exactly. They're like, oh, well, you know, I was able to talk to my dad about these YouTube videos and, exactly. you know, we talked about different things. And I think it's cool if I talk to him about whatever, you know? Exactly. The, the communication is closer yeah. and closer together. You, you know, He knows that you're open to it. Exactly. Yeah. He's not going to be like, I, can, I mean, I, until this yeah. day, I can never talk to my dad about any issue as I had back yeah, in the day yeah. when Same I was here. needed yeah. help. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling that Tommy will be able to or Gwen will be able to. Yeah. And any kids just in America will be able to talk to their parents about shit going on because yeah. they're a little bit more popular or, or they're just in the know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and now we don't, we have a, it's also a different culture, too. I don't know, how, like, how your parents came from, but, like, my parents from Mexico and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Culturally, it's different. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. They don't talk about feelings, emotions. At all. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super machismo. I yeah. found everything out through TV, movies, exactly. friends. Yeah. Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. It really was that whole, like. Like man, uh, emo- you're showing emotion. What a pussy! You know, like, yeah. like I gotta think, like, oh, why are you shit, crying? Yeah. Why are you fucking crying? That kind of thing. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. do some push-ups. Yeah, yeah. There's there definitely was that from our generation. Cause, don't get me wrong, I'm really like uh, rough and tough with my kid too. Like, yeah. about, don't get me wrong, I really am. I really am. You know, that part of me is just that marine mode shit. But uh, a lot of it has to do also with. No, I'm sorry. Not a lot of it has to do. Uh, a lot of it, I want to do the balance thing. Where like I'm talking about, I'll tell him like, oh. Tommy, have you seen this movie? It made me cry. It's such a good movie. You know, yeah. and I'll bring it out there where it's acceptable. It, it's not like I'm telling him, hey, Tommy, it's okay for men to cry. I'm not saying that. But I'll drop it in little hints like, hey, you know. But well, if you do, it's not, it's all right. Well, yeah. see, I'm not even saying that either. What I'm no, doing, like yeah. the underlying. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When subconsciously, I want him to get that. Like, oh, shit. Uh, this movie made him cry because it brought an emotional response. I want him to think that. And where we're like, yeah, my dad cried because this movie hit, you know, because yeah. he saw fucking, uh, you know, comic, an example, right. you know, and oh yeah, I guess you know, it's good. I want him to uh, subconsciously have that mentality. You know, you, g- you give him, you give them the option. Exactly. You're yeah. not, yeah, you're not beholding him to something that mm-hmm. that you think is like this is the right way to do things and stuff like that. Exactly. When you do that, they're gonna do the exact opposite or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, we'll get off the co- the concert kids. I always, I never I I ever, you know re listen to something like damn it man why am I I'm talking about parenting you know for half a podcast I don't want to yeah, I don't want it to become a theme show that kind of thing. Change my mind I want kids now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got it we got it we got it. <laughs> That's all you man. Let's go the, find some. Have you ever uh, like I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, have you ever been on anything close to like a radio show or no 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 not even as my first time. No. Oh, so what are some of the podcasts you listen to? Like what's the kind of thing going through your head? Uh, I like the Star Talk uh, mm-hmm. with Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's That's awesome. a good one. He's fucking awesome. Um, He's great. WTF? You know. Of course, Marion. He's the uh, best. I Rogan. Mm-hmm. Rogan's a cool one. Um, listen to a wood sh- wood shop podcast. Really? Huh. That puts me to sleep quick though. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a um, couple ones, a lot of NPR ones. Oh yeah, yeah NPR is yeah, the yeah. best. American Life, yeah. all um, those. Yeah, Serial is good. Yeah, and yeah. they're the best, man. Even your your podcast, start listening to it. Just I'm painting or just doing doing work, or whatever. I just put in the background. Oh, nice, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, NPR was for me podcasting before podcasting because you know before I, you know I started downloading them, I do a lot of like uh, working out or runs or marathon yeah. shit where I'm running for like two hours out of the day, and I I don't know why, but music was never. Uh, that thing for me for at least for motivation for running but i'd love to hear conversations so i started downloading like uh director's commentaries on like movies i would start doing that and then when i found npr which you know Mm -hmm. 88.9 you know whatever 90 89.3 that's the other one but um i was like oh this is perfect man you know aside from the commercials every like whatever you hear just people having conversations or issues talking about issues and that kind of thing and then when i found out when i when i got into podcast i'm like oh shit this is perfect and I found them absolutely fascinating. To me, it's like having your own little professor in, you know, in your head, like telling you like all the facts that you wish you knew that you don't have time to look through. Yeah. And I, I NPR for me is really, really one of those things that really changed my life. And um, it just it made me feel like when you bring the topic into a conversation, you're substantiated with facts instead yeah. of like opinions. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I've heard people comment about how it's very left wing sometimes but I don't but, think but so I, yeah. no 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 I think like it's very they're, they they actually give you both, both sides yeah, I thought both so too, views yeah. and and you make your decision yeah you yeah. make your decision mm-hmm. that's I'm like that, that's cool and they're critical about everything yeah, yeah. I think that too yeah and that's what you want to hear that's what you want to listen to you absolutely because I like listen to like uh, left wing stuff sometimes but it's too much for me sometimes because it's like yeah. you're like you're hearing what you want to hear. Uh huh. You're like that's not cool. All like, the time you're not now. getting anybody else's point of view. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. And I listen to a lot of right wing radio too, like Sean Hannity, mm-hmm. just to see like what they talk about and stuff like that. Yeah. But I can only only listen to it for so much. It cause sucks because you, you're hurts. yelling at the radio. <laughs> it hurts. You're just like <laughs> it hurts. No, you're because you're constantly like no, no, that's not, and you really wish you could call it or something like that. Yeah, but I would take them more seriously mm-hmm. if they were more self-critical about what they do. Hundred percent, just like uh, NPR is. Uh-huh. If they were more self-critical, more about what they talk about, yeah, like give you different opinions or not agree all the time with it. Exactly. Then I would be have have more credence to it. Like, uh-huh. oh, okay. Well, they actually don't agree with everything they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of part for the right wing, especially uh, more than anything. I feel like oh, like well, we're more you know Republicans, so we're supposed to not believe, even though exactly, they're, yeah. they're not allowing themselves to express how they really feel. Like, yeah, you're just going along with the stereotype now, and it, it is come on, man, you know. But don't get me wrong, there are some like like Bill Maher. You know, he makes a lot of great points sometimes. But and you don't get me wrong, like I don't agree with him a hundred percent or something. Yeah, but he makes good points and and. I feel like, look, it's important to call yourself out on shit. You should be able to call yourself out on shit and, 
It's almost like when you're giving advice to your friends, mm-hmm. they ask you for advice. You're giving advice to your friends, and at the end of every, instead of a period, at the end of every sentence, you go, but I don't know, though. <laughs> you know, like Trying to absolve you from whatever yeah. it is that you just Hey, said. whatever decision you make, that's on you. It's not on me because I said, I don't know, though. Yeah. That's just me, though. <laughs> like, that kind of <laughs> a thing. A little disclaimer at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah, but it's on you. Yeah. Hey, but hey, yeah, that's what hey, I do. But, but, you know what? but it's your choice. You know? That's like, hey, instead, they can't come to you six months later. Yeah. Hey, you asshole. Hey, you know? Yeah, what? you told me to do this. And right, right. Did, remember? Hey, the I disclaimer? said, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you signed the X. Right, right. <laughs> um, um, I'm sorry. So anybody else that you find um, from podcasting-wise that you're uh, into? Uh, history, Dan Carlin's. Uh, he absolutely is. He should be the professor in everybody's college. Dan Carlin is the best. Right? I, I, I agree completely. And, I've, and I find like these different ways, like now, I've always been interested in it, mm-hmm. but haven't been able to like learn as much as I wanted to, uh-huh. just because the way they teach it. Yeah. But now because I'm like, oh, I'm interested in it. You find a podcast that actually talks about the subject in depth. And I love history. Yeah. He's yeah. The best. You yeah. like just listen to it and be like, oh wow, this is fucking crazy. So he's someone to me who's an absolutely educated man. Who it's but he's he's an educated version of what we are, meaning like. To me, every history lesson is him just going down the rabbit hole. Meaning, like, he went on Wikipedia, mm. he looked this up, and it led to this, and it led to that. And then he keeps going, like, clicking everything, and he's just able to articulately explain how it is. Uh, he's the one I was telling you, Dark Carlin history, like, um, how he's went through more recently, um, like, World War One, the causes for World War One, and how that everything is like, cool. was, wasn't yeah. it? And, okay, so keep in mind, like, or the Hans or the Roman Empire. These are like part five episodes. Some of them take up to seven parts. Uh-huh. Each of them are at least like four to five hours long. <laughs> but you never want to like it. But it's so interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting. You never stop to, to think about like, damn. It's like you put them on a podcast and you're like, like, fuck, man. Four hours I have to dedicate my time to. You're not even thinking about that. You're just like, fuck, where's, why isn't this more? You know? Yeah. You're on part five and you're like, fuck, there's not a part six. Damn it, man. I wanted more of this. That's how great huh. he is. That's how great he is as far as like. Because he's not actually technically a professor, a history professor, but he's more like a an aficionado of it, you know. Like, yeah. Right, right. But he's he knows he should be a teacher if he's not, you know what I mean? He knows how to explain things where it's completely fascinating, completely interesting, and it's very thought out, you know what I mean? I, I love Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. If I recommend any podcast, it's that podcast, especially if you love that kind of thing, world yeah. history. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. especially the one about the, yeah, the Roman Empire. And- that was a great one. I really like that one, yeah. It's just cool to be in the minds of how you thought back then, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I love, um, I love, I love books like Lies My Teacher Told Me. Well, more <laughs> recently, like Gwen's reading this one. Um, uh, it's called Detex. I've mentioned it. Oh, to the crack. Mm-hmm. crack, crack it's by the Dan O'Brien, mm-hmm. who's the editor in chief of Crack.com. Okay. And uh, it's just a lot of shit. Like, oh, what was really going on? You know, for example, like the whole like. They're actually, like, explaining to you how dinosaurs more than likely had feathers more than scales. Yeah. It's shit like that, like, behind-the-scenes type crap, you know? I really love shit like that, you know? you know? It's always just interesting to learn, you know? Yeah, and, it, like, listening to podcasts like that, the history, it actually brings you, like, gives you some, like, uh, idea of, like, how it relates to current, you know, topics 100%, 100%. and politics and how the world works and like oh like the same stuff's happening again we yeah. as humanity we have these patterns that we're yeah. you know it's, it's, it'd be interesting to see how like how 9-11 is viewed you know 20 years from now that kind of thing you know like I saw this meme that this is the only meme I posted on when 9-11 you know um, a few days ago <laughs> happened I think uh-huh. I saw it. it it was about the Ottoman Empire <laughs> did you see that one? I'm not sure okay know. so it, what it was like um, 
I, I think I said something like uh, Mongols, Mongol cannons can't um, burn through Turks' firewalls. Uh, Ottoman, the the oh. default of Ottoman Empire was an inside job. <laughs> yeah, like that, right? all melted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say, like, I like to send people memes like that sometimes. It was something stupid like that, like like they're overemphasizing. Like uh, you're missing the point of you know the whole 9/11. It's not to so not to like oh the inside job. Like you know how many inside jobs have been throughout history. If it was even you know we don't know. Yeah. But it was the whole point is you know to honor the dead that kind of thing. you know it was it was one of those things. But um, I wouldn't have got that for, if it wasn't for I'm sure that guy who made that meme was a Dan Car Dan Carlin history hardcore history <laughs> fan you know <laughs> that kind of thing. But I, I love for me personally I love um, just that the whole history of what really went down you know oh hey Columbus was a fucking asshole no not really yeah. why were you doing Columbus Day no he was a fucking jerk you know that kind of thing. right you know? mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean questioning yeah. Yeah, uh, you just kind of like take in whatever you're, you know, fed, you know, you don't question it. Mm-hmm. You're taught not to. Yeah. Is there anybody that ever, like, um, teachers for you that made you think about, or was it always you just thought about things where uh, it made you stop and look at yourself and go like, oh, yeah, that's true, you know? Or was it for you, was it somebody specifically? Uh, as far as teachers go, um, well, I know I've mentioned it before, mm-hmm. you know, like, I used to daydream a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of like in and out. Um, but I guess it just depends on the subject. Um, I guess like, uh, maybe being in a music class. Okay. Just because, I don't know, I just really liked it. I guess I just put more effort into it, but, uh, for the most part, you know, I was like, I was literally just in and out, you know, I just try to pay attention for a bit, but then mention something about like maybe, a, I don't know, some kind of fairy tale. And I just kind of like wander off for like the next half hour and then <laughs> get in trouble. It's like, oh, are you paying attention? Uh, <laughs> no, you, that's pretty much. But it. did you guys ever? Did you guys always think just differently, or was ever a teacher that told you guys, or even a parent that told you guys, like, no, look, have you ever thought about it this way? Think about things and like critically have you? Guys no, I, yeah, I got you. You yeah. know, um, or yourself, yeah. or no? I had a, I had a art teacher. Yeah, mm, like, oh, art teacher. I get that was like the point where I'm uh-huh. like, I switched over. Like, whoa, I was like, this, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, he actually like one of his assignments was. uh like uh, introduce us to uh, philo- introduce me to philosophy. Mm-hmm. He gave us like a little packet on uh, Descartes. Rene mm-hmm. Descartes, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely, and I yeah. was like, "What the hell is this? Like, what?" And I was reading it, and since then, it's like it just kind of like hundred percent opened up the, my eyes, kind of thing, you know. Hundred percent, one of the mainstays in how like the world may not be as we see it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one of the one of the him Berkeley. Absolutely, Descartes is up there. Yeah, yeah. and like for him, it was like it was the philosophy. And music, because before then I was like, he like used to play all this music, like Pearl Jam, hmm. Smashing Pumpkins, I'm like what the fuck is this? That's <laughs> so I was like, I told I told my wife, and like she's like, damn, you're late to the game. You're yeah, like, you, you didn't know about all these bands. I'm like, no, I didn't know about anything like this. <laughs> I was like all I listened to was Power 106. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? So yeah, I'm like, I, like my my favorite album is uh, Ten from Pearl Jam and Melancholy, nice. um, yeah. Infinite Sadness. Of course. Oh man, you know, mainstay, yeah. yeah. And from then on, then I'm like, okay, you know, why do we do? Then I started to question, why do we do what we do? I even got a scholarship because I told them like, oh, well, I don't really believe in Christianity, mm-hmm. and they're like, but you will one day, right? And like, I don't know, maybe. And they hooked me with like a hundred bucks or something like that oh, nice. for, for college. And uh, but yeah, ever since then, kind of like I feel, you know, it opens up everything and gives you a new perspective on 
just how to deal with things and you did know. you before that did you have like a was was Christianity your religion that you grew up with uh, Catholicism and stuff like that yeah more specifically Catholic? just because you know you grow up with it it's part of your family kind of stuff and mm-hmm. after that you I just think was this a teacher that got you thinking differently questioning more religion and no not really it was just that like oh so you did you think did you question it before that or um I always knew something was not right right hmm. right and something was not right and so I was like oh, I want to kind of I didn't feel like the, like I used to go, I went to a confirmation camp mm-hmm. and where they have you go for a weekend. For us, it was like at, on this, we had to go to this classroom at the church. Yeah. And one of the times they had like this dude, he was like talking, speaking in tongues or trying <laughs> to make people speak in tongues. Yeah. And he's like, everybody kneel down. You know where you see the people like, he weighs their hand over their head yeah. and they fall down. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he I was do. doing that to folks. Very and I'm like, why are you falling down? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and I'm closing my eyes thinking like, all right, when is it going to happen? You know, because yeah. you think like, oh, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit's going to hit me up and then yeah. I'm going to fall down. No, it never happened. I'm like, what, you know, what happened? I'm like, and I fell down just because like everybody fell down. Oh, did I'm, you like, do I don't that? feel weird. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I just, you know. You didn't want to exclude yourself? Yeah, I look like the weirdo and stuff like that, but... After that, I'm like, why am I doing that, and why, you know? I, I remember going to a Catholic church one time, and I remember just, I hated all the posi- like the position, like, okay, it was uh, sit, then stand, then kneel, then sit, then sit, and I was like, oh, man, I wish the priest would just pick a position and fuck me already. I remember, <laughs> that's a bad joke. It's a classical conditioning, you're, you know. <laughs> it's a bad joke, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, that's a, you know, priest raving kids joke. No, but what should we call it? Well, I was uh, doing the Baptist thing. I was doing yeah. Actually, look, uh, you're Jehovah Witness. You grew up Jehovah Witness, right? Yeah. And that's a little even more stricter than more of the other um, Judeo-Christian religions. Did you? When was? Yeah. How old were you when you felt that that whole, um, you know, something's not right here, or like you just found yourself questioning more often? Because uh, I think it happened to all of us, you know. Uh, probably since the first time I went, you know, like that it, it got me remember. right off the bat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like what tripped me out? It, it didn't, you know, occur to me, you know, right then and there. But uh, I just always thought it was weird because, you know, same thing, you know, my parents, you know, coming from Mexico, they grew up like super hardcore Catholic, you know? Right. And then um, I remember asking them, you know, like, oh, if you grew up Catholic, you know, like, like, when did you make this jump to this? This religion, yeah. This you know, denomination, because, yeah. Yeah, you know, because even back then, you know, I, I didn't know, like, the differences. I just know that there were different religions. Yeah. I don't know, like, and really have that broad spectrum of it all, you know? Right. But, um, like, it just tripped me out, like, man, like, like they grew up this way like you know all their lives and then all of a sudden like like what happened They're you switching know ships yeah yeah you know um uh i guess they just said that you know when i was born like uh i think my mom's the one that made that uh, shift jumped. yeah um but even then you know just like just a vibe from people i don't know just being there because i wasn't really paying attention to anything they said what, did it feel more like culty to you, or how, how? Uh, now it does? Yeah, like, looking back, it does. But, but what back... made you think that when you started doubting, like you know? Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm just like a skeptic, you know, in just by nature, you know, it's uh-huh. just what I am. I just always question everything in my head. But uh, just being there, you know, just, uh, just it's not even so much what they said, but just the way that people are. Yeah, it, it, there was something kind of like artificial about it. Like That's I think she's just being nice to me. Like, say, like, there was, like, a pretty girl, you know, mm-hmm. in the congregation. It's like, oh, I think she's just being nice to me because she has to. But I could tell I get that vibe that, like, if you were just, like, on the street or in class or something, she wouldn't even talk to me. 
Yeah. That's, it, it, that's just like that general vibe. <clears throat> well, that's the you know, number one just, thing that gets brought up with any religion. It's the hypocrisy factor. Oh, yeah. That's a, the first issue that always gets brought up is just like uh, you're being hypocritical. And it's and it's just that like you're not acting the way you would act if it, this wasn't in a, a factor. You right. know, that kind of thing. And it, and that's really the number one thing that skews you away from it. Because that's the number that, that's the first thing that hit for me where I was just like, man, this is like, why are you being so phony? You know what I mean? Like mm. this isn't. You're using this as an excuse. Uh, like it's to me, it was almost you're demeaning the God you're trying to worship or the 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 faith you have your faith in. You're demeaning it because you're not being uh, authentic or organic. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. That's the way I felt about it, and that's what you're. That's the case for you. Like you, you notice that right away. Like people weren't acting the way you think they really would act or whatever. Uh, something like that. You know, mm-hmm. just uh, you just kind of get a, a feel for people, uh, like a vibe. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, that makes sense though. Sure. You know, um. But something just didn't feel right. Like, it wasn't sincere. And what age group are you in here around that time? Oh, elementary. I don't even know. I was okay. pretty young, you know? Yeah. But even then, like I said, you know, back then, even if I couldn't, you know, see, like, the the big picture of it all, you know, mm-hmm. just on a grand scale, you know, like, even, like, just questioning it or, yes, like, a absolutely. philosophical aspect of yes, it, you absolutely. know? Just something just, uh, it just rubbed me wrong, man. I don't yeah. know. I just didn't like it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. You know, but um, well, I think the, I think where that go, that kind of feel where people get, they they automatically confuse it with like, oh, let's um, I'm not feeling this, you know, like even Scientology, you know, I'm not feeling this religion because it seems yeah. very cultish or it seems hypocritical, and then all of a sudden they throw like God in the mix with it, and it's really, I, I the way I feel about it, it shouldn't be thrown in the mix. Because it, it, now you're throwing out the baby with the basket <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. and to me, because to me, when I felt like it was really more philosophical, and where I had the experience, like man, I should be questioning all this shit, and this doesn't make sense. Let me find the answers for this because that doesn't make sense at all. That's that called bullshit on that, and because to me it was like it made sense where, where the factors are different because you have Jehovah's because you have Catholicism, because you have Lutheran. I'm like, why are they all different if they're all coming from the same book? Right. It doesn't make sense to me. Why, why are they getting different? It, I, and that question made me look for the answer. And I found the answer where, like, maybe none of these are right. You know, you should take the best of all worlds. You know, Instead of the best of both worlds, you should take the best of both worlds. It, actually, even when I got more when I got to college, where I started opening that, because at first it was like, as far as Judeo-Christian, Judeo-Christian religions, like the Western religions. Right. Like, oh, I should take the, the best aspects of every world to create my own little thing or whatever I feel. And then, like, why am I excluding the Eastern religions, you know? They have absolutely fascinating fucking... I was just saying about Taoism or Judaism or Confucianism, right. like, or Buddhism. Um, dude, they, they have some fucking great points that they don't talk about in the Western religions. Let me take a little bit of that, too. I want to create my own individual cultures, really. Mm-hmm. Take the best of everything you learn, create your own little idea of what it is, you know what I mean? As opposed to, like... Oh, this is right, and everybody else is going to hell. <laughs> like, yeah. how audacious of that of you! How arrogant is that of you? You know what I mean? Like, doesn't make sense to me. Like, how people? How can you preach love and caring and compassion, mm-hmm. and you're thinking everybody else around you is going to hell? <laughs> like, dude, it's too contradicting for you to think that way. You know what I mean? And that, that's when I came to the idea that all religion is. I feel all religion is wrong. You're messing with the idea dogma from mm-hmm. Kevin Smith's film mm-hmm. dogma. You're messing with something that you shouldn't be messing with because you're turning a great idea into something that's a mandate, into a dogmatic law. And now you're creating something where people die for, people fucking kill for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're making something like, hey, dude, it should be all adaptable. You know what I mean? It should be all adaptable. We'll see if it is or not. People's individual beliefs should be able to be 
uh, formulaic and not, not I'm sorry not formulaic but should be adaptable and if they believe this certain way and then until they learn something new let them let them adapt let them change to this you know as opposed to making something like you believe this you have to believe that and everybody else is wrong <laughs> you sound like a jerk you know what I mean yeah people well, I think there's a there's a funny meme that said it's uh, it says uh, a better bible and it's all it is is a post-it note that says don't be an asshole <laughs> and I was like yeah that's actually there's some truth to that you know absolutely you know that's the way I feel about that stuff. I'm sorry, going back to your original question. So you were a certain age when you when you started questioning that kind of Catholicism type thing? Yeah, I just started questioning it, and little by little just kind of You said started. an art teacher got you thinking that way? Or huh? You said uh, Well, I don't want to like, put him on blast. No, no, no. It's funny, just, though. That's uh. good, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good no, but he just put the, the this philosophy assignment on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just read it, and then I'm like, oh, where did this? He gave us like a Xerox copy, and I'm like, where did you get this from me? Told me the book and I bought the book. I read it. Do you remember the name of the book or like? uh, Meditations on First Philosophy? Nice. Um, and I have like two copies of it. Nice. And I, I read like it, it and I didn't really understand it. So mm-hmm. then I had to go back and read it again. That's a good to, thing, to, I think. To, yeah. to try to like be like, what does this mean? Am I really comprehending it? You know. That that's a good point because I feel like um, people shy away from doing that, like reading a book more than once. How many times have you seen... Okay, let's put The Matrix back in the example. Yeah. You know, you watch The Matrix 10 different times. I mean, I've seen The Matrix for myself. I saw it the first time. It was great. I saw it the second time. It was yeah. even more awesome. By the third time, I'm now paying attention a little bit closer to the conversation. You know, by the fourth time, I'm like, oh, now I really know what's really going on. Why isn't? Why do we shine away from that from books? Why do we only have to read books one time and think we know we got everything we can from that? Why yeah. We should be reading it over and over again to see what else we can get from it. More and more times. You know? I've never said that to anybody because I thought I'm like, oh man, I'm just dumb. So <laughs> get it the first time. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm just go back and read it again. Yeah, no, we should. And yeah. I don't know if it has to do like the, your change, your different perspective, or the way you uh, comprehend things. Yes. But I know when I go back, you pick up different minutia, especially like you're talking exactly. about the movies. Yes. You like you watch a movie, you just kind of like just you just take it in the whole for thing. what it is. Yeah. For what it is. Yeah. yeah. But then you watch it again, like, oh, I didn't notice that, or this is. You know more interesting. You start to just take it piece by piece. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Each scene, each yeah. dialogue. Like, oh, what's the real meaning from? Actually, me and Lil have talked about before to keep on the Kevin Smith train from mm-hmm. Dogma. Like, um, how you can look at a movie years later, and like I've seen this movie a hundred times when I was a certain age, and I got, I thought I got everything I good from it. Chasing Amy, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But then I look at it more recently, and I'm like, holy shit! I, t- like, I remember looking back at Chasing Amy. And I'm thinking, like, uh, have you seen the movie or no? No, I haven't. Uh, it's about, like, um, Ben Affleck's character uh-huh. and Lloyd Jordan Adams. And he's with this girl who has a history. She was, like, bisexual. She's She has really, like, a sexually free history. Right. And then um, he finds out about it till later, after they've already been in a relationship where they really love each other. And and she, even though she's not that person anymore, um, he, like, judges her for her past. And I remember looking at that movie like a hundred times, you know, because I love Kevin Smith and he's one of those movies you can watch over and over again. And I look at him like, damn, he's right, man. How dare she? You know, how yeah. dare she? You know, very, very judgmental of myself, you know, like, yeah, man, how could she do all that stuff? And, you know, whoop do whoop. And I remember watching that movie a few years, um, you know, a few years ago, actually. And I'm looking at the movie again, the same film. And I'm like, man, this guy is a dumbass. <laughs> but I, he has a perfect girl who yeah. all she did was a little, you know, a little bit of past. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. People should experiment. And and I looked at that movie completely different. Like she's in the right now, she, you know. She's she's absolutely in the right to mm-hmm. be. Like, how dare you judge me for my shit that I did back then? And I'm not apologizing for that kind of thing. You know. Yeah. That's kind of the theme of the film. 
And I remember watching that movie, uh, like I said, a couple years ago. And I'm like, how was I? Th- how was I ever that dumb to be inside his head where I thought he was right the whole time? It's not the movie's not about that at all. You know, it's right. about her being judged for something a different past, that kind of thing. And there's definitely things like that where, like, I want to see a film through how the way I saw it when I was in a, in naive eyes, as opposed to my experiences that changed the way I think now and looking at that same film, and I can still take more from it. We look at books and, and we look at books as it's the same view and like oh you I, you should be reading that book more than once yeah. especially if you like it especially if you love it to see how your mind changes from experiences to see what you take in from that book now you know what I mean yeah I have like favorite books like um, uh, what do you call it uh, George Orwell you know mm-hmm. his books I just I like to go back just to read them just for fun. Hell yeah. Because they just have themes that like resonate and you're like, oh, you know. You're talking about like, which one? Uh, Adam Farm or something? Like, or? Uh, what is he? I'm drawing a blank right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does do a lot of good themes. 1984. 1984, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He does have a lot of great themes on, on certain things. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially. Yeah. Especially yeah. authors from that era that were like ahead of their time, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah, you just you go back and you see it and you, you read it again. And uh, like, well, right now I'm reading one about. Um, it's called a uh, murder city. It's about the, all the murders and the corruption and stuff like going on in, in Juarez and you know the northern oh, yeah. oh, nice. Mexico and stuff like that. And just how like just uh, it's not it's not as simple as people would like it to be. Easily one of the most yeah. dangerous cities in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, whew, that's interesting. So you're reading a book? Are you ha- are you completely done with it? Yet? I'm like halfway through halfway it right through? now. Yeah. How what is uh, that change of view from the cartel's point of view or? Um, it it offers more like insight into the like why it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's like you know mm-hmm. the cartels are doing it, but then you also hear about how like what the press, uh, its role in it, the government's role in it, the army's role in it. Yeah. How everybody's kind of complicit. How the okay. cartels. It's good. Point. You know yeah. they're bad. They're they're doing their thing, but then the press because they're intimidated by the cartels, they don't report. They're not acting as reporters anymore. They're not reporting actual yeah, facts. They're not reporting. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they 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 knock it back a couple notches hmm. because if they report how things really are, they get killed. That makes sense. Yeah. So is it more in the negative? Because the way I found it, it's always been half and half between the cartels are super evil or they're playing the Robin Hood kind of thing. I so, think yeah. I think they're, they're I think they're evil, mm-hmm. and but they're doing the, the Robin Hood thing just to placate you know their 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 image that, you know oh, okay so it's more to the so, public yeah that's interesting so it, overall just complete they're just no I, fuck them they don't need to be uh, existing at all <laughs> yeah i think mm. they're just yeah they're horrible have you seen the movie um the counselor yeah oh. absolutely good great movie yeah exactly as like as like uh one of my i love that author too Carmack mm-hmm. mccarthy mm-hmm. and after i heard he was good did the screenplay for the movie and stuff like that i saw that and then you they, they brought up a good point like about the uh, how like all the women's were uh, all the women were dying in Juarez uh, yeah. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and people would come up with like all these stories about, oh, well, it was a serial killer, you know, or just these gangs and just, you know, just making up stories and stuff like that. And, yeah, and they brought up a point that kept keep being brought up again. It's like, what if you're like a maniacal serial killer guy, yeah, a cartel, you know, leader, and you have all this money in the world, and you just have hitmen on retainer. You know what's to stop you from seeing a pretty girl on the street and just like, hey, go get her and, you know, do whatever you want and then just kill her and dispose of her. Well, that's affected the, um, you know, I saw this little thing on it, but in like 
we women now are not having educations because they're afraid of their houses, so they're not getting proper education. I mean, it's affecting. Yeah. And then when you get to that, that means it minimizes the jobs and like it just affects everything. It's like the ripple effect, you know, dropping yeah. the it's kind of domino. Effect. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is that kind of thing, and you don't think about it, but it's all really has to do with how dangerous the city. I mean, being a woman in general is super fucking. It's like a hundred times more dangerous than being a man. Yeah, because you don't have the aspect where you're thinking. I mean, I don't know if they're maybe subconsciously thinking this, but. When you're walking around, what you're walking down a, a dark alley down the street as a man, you're not worried about getting raped. You're not. That the most you're worried about getting robbed or something like that. Shame but women, hundred percent, because they're constantly living with half their species being either hundred pounds, uh, at least five inches taller than everybody else, and hundred pounds on them, and they yeah. have this fear of like, if they were to get attacked, they they're literally can't defend themselves. So it's uh, definitely the mentality of a woman definitely has to be affected by that i always that you know like hmm. oh you know it has to be something to that to that yeah. nature you know and then living in someone like juarez you know like where you're not even i'm not even gonna step foot on my door because statistically speaking it's i'm fucked you know what I mean? yeah like <laughs> it has to affect you like wow i can't even imagine how how, how devastating that is for yeah and and it's it's brought up again it's like you have these people and let's say you you are like seriously fucked up in the head. Yeah. And you're the leader of a cartel, right? Mm-hmm. And you have millions of dollars. That and you have so them. much more money that you 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 put put in your walls for insulation. Mm-hmm. You're essentially a Batman villain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. You're like a psychopath. Yeah, absolutely. And you just you 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 have no nobody stopping you. Yeah. So what do you do? And are you surprised that all these women or people are missing and mm. dying and other people are saying, oh, it's a serial killer, some white guy in a van driving around killing women. Yeah. yeah it's like these guys, they just, they do whatever they want and That's the crazy. thing is, the society's complicit because what they do is they, the, 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 the way they cope is by just pretending Explain it doesn't it happen. Away. Yeah. They're it's, like, they forget it. They're like, It's oh, almost well, that, yeah. like what you're saying about um, your fear of the, going back to earlier in the episode, the fear of the mist. Yeah. That the, the number one fear you took in that movie is just human nature, what yeah. it evolves to when you're left to something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, scared of what you don't understand or the unknown, fear of the unknown. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm sure right. That's the number one, psychologically, fear of the unknown. But for me, as like fear of what my might become in a certain situation. Because hmm. you never know what you do until you're, like, I, you'd like to think, like, let's say, like, a disaster moment happens right now. I'd like to think like you want to be the hero. Uh, what if I'm a fucking coward? You know, what if I'm a what if that's not me at all? You know, what if this whole time I'm thinking like, oh, I definitely know what to do and I'm going to play the hero. Like, what if that's not you at all? What if you're going to cower in the corner and wait for the end just because you're not going to react the way you think you're right? That to me, that's what terrifies me the most. You know? hmm. Do you guys have any other like, you know, kind of like fears, that kind of thing? Where what are you afraid of most? That kind of thing. For me, that's that's what it, number yeah. one for me. Like, what if I'm not who I think I or who I want to be? You know, that's the number one fear for me. I I feel like what if I'm not going to react the way I see in my head reacting to this kind of bullshit? You know what I mean? Hmm. It's like yeah. be or act like the person you want to be. Yeah. What if yeah. I'm I'm I am paralyzed not, yeah. with fear? Yeah. You know, what if I am becoming that little bitch coward guy that you know that I don't want to be that I think I'm that I you know what if what if that's me? That's for me. That's the number one fear. Yeah, I often think of like situations of like what if I like to think of like wherever I'm at. I'm like, what if something happens or what this? What would I do? How mm-hmm. would I do to get out of it? How would I do to just like neutralize the situation? Exactly. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and then. So that would really kind of reveal kind of like your true self, and like, yeah, are you really kind of are you are you are you worried or scared that like, 
oh well maybe you you're you are just a punk and you're just putting up this right this actually I think from, from the yeah. dark knight you remember the dark knight movie where he talks about when he's telling the cop like so in a way i knew you know the joker is talking to yeah. the cop and like in a way i knew your friends better than you did oh because yeah. i know them in their last moments of life where they show their true selves mm-hmm. do you want to know which one of them were cowards you know that kind yeah. of thing where it's like fuck man what if you're in that situation where you turn out to be a coward and not who you think you are the entire life you're living? You know, but like what, what worries me the most is being with, like, someone that you, you're taking care of or you love and that you're kind of, like, responsible for. Yes. And are you going to do what kind of, like, what you need to do to protect them? Yeah. I think that's, to me, that's, like, the worst. That's your number one that's, fear? Yeah. That's the worst. That you don't kind of... That you let them down? Yeah, yeah. kind of thing, you know? Yeah, that's... that's yeah. Yeah, I'd be super fucking. You're absolutely right, especially for myself and his family. Like, God, fuck, man, I don't want to be that guy. At least if I'm gonna die, go down, go die. You know, like Bob Dylan said, or Dylan Thomas, the poet. You know, he's like, um, I will not go quietly into the night. You know, you want to be that guy where you go in a in a fit of glory. That's the thing. If you got to go down, you know. How about you, love any any like worst fears? Oh man, all I have is fears. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I have a fear of loathing in Las Vegas. No, (laughs) (laughs) I had to say some joke. It was kind of heavy for a little. No, I get you, I get you. (laughs) Oh man, other than like maybe like the usual like uh, the heights and spiders flying. (laughs) I think these are just like uh, natural like human basic uh, things. Thanks for adding one more to my list. (laughs) Did I not think it was flying spiders? That's actually uh, uh, Mike Birbiglia joke. Do you know who Mike, comedian Mike Birbiglia? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but He's a low-level comic, but he's really good. Check him out. And he's actually a comedy you can show your mom. He's one of those guys. Oh, okay, gotcha. But uh, he has a joke about, like, um, how he's talking about, like, he's in a, he was in a long relationship where his his wife tells him, uh, like, what do you fear most? And, and like like I fear like that you're gonna leave me and it's very emotional and you're gonna ha- leave me abandoned you know like very very deep and it's like oh, what about you what do you fear about in life and he's like uh bears <laughs> and like, <laughs> that kind of thing like, like, he has a great joke that's what that reminded me of <laughs> right <that>. now <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's a I guess it's not that obscure you know it's mm-hmm. it's pretty common you know some more physical thing. life and death threatening fears but you know as far as things like that you know like you just find yourself <clears throat> in a situation like fuck what would i do in that situation yeah. um i don't know man you know it's like yeah like uh I, I think i've mentioned it before you know there's this like quote where it says that every man is brave from a distance oh 100 yeah. you know like yeah. uh yeah it's like oh yeah like Bush watching here. like a <laughs> scary movie it's like oh i would have done this or i would have yeah. done that but you're like in a very safe zone i you hate know? guys like that i hate guys you that know? talk about like what they would have done if they were in that situation even though i can't stand that, that says a lot just by saying that you know yeah because it, it definitely you look at him with their arms crossed and like you're a you're a fucking coward you're a bitch you know that you'd have been that guy that would have been out the door as soon if as that time. were me oh no, dude i already i already have this like oh really you know that kind of mentality <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I hate guys like that that talk like that and judge other guys based on what they would do. I think actually we were talking about the believer, well, this kind of. Oh yeah, we did. Talk about and that. about how um, in the film the believer, Ryan Gosling's character, who's like a Jewish Nazi, mm-hmm. a secret Jew, uh, but he's a Nazi. He plays. He's going to this. Um, it's. I don't want to say it's an intervention. What would you like a therapy session? Like, where? What would you call it? Oh, like. Uh, Kind of like a. Well, you're hearing stories from uh, from from. Um, like an intervention, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but you're hearing stories from these Jews that survived concentration camps, that kind of thing, or the they survived. Yeah. They survived the Holocaust, you know, in you know their story now, and um, 
like I said, he, uh, he's talking about um, uh, one of the guys is telling his story, and you're supposed to empathize with him, like look yeah. at a different point of view. And one of the older Jewish men is talking about how he was just a young man, but he had a kid, and one of the Nazi soldiers mm. pulled him over. And uh, they were talking about, like, um, the Nazi soldier, you know, took my son, my infant son, and uh, um, and I'm begging him to give my son back away. And he says, you want your son? And he puts him, like, he impales him. Yeah. And, like, here, here's your son, and he gives him a lifeless body. And then the whole time, the whole point, that's heartbreaking, you know, because it's yes. a true story that happens. And and the, the whole, you know, you're looking, they go kind of back in point, back in uh, the point of view, mm-hmm. and they're looking at Ryan Gosling's character, Daniel Bailiff is his name. Bailiff. Yeah. Ba- yeah, and you're looking at him, and instead of, like, sadness or empathy, he has anger, anger in his face. Yeah. And the, the first thing he does once he finishes telling his, his story of what happened to him, he's like, what did you do? What did you do while that, while that Nazi was killing your son? Um, and he's like, there's nothing I could have done, you know? He took my son, like, what do you, what do you mean there's nothing you could have done? You could have fucking jumped him. You could have killed him. You, know, you could have you clouded his eyes out. Anything. Yeah. Anything but what you did, which was nothing. And then, and then like, there's other Jew, Jews there, yeah. and they're talking, they're like, like, what could he have done? They would have killed him. And he's and his anger is filled with like, no, he, who cares if they would have killed him? He would have been dead, but he would have been better than what he is now, which is a piece of shit who did nothing. When you know, right. it, it's hard not to agree with what he's saying as someone from an outside point of view. Right. But we're not there, and they say that they're like, how do you know? Would you have done what he what what, what he would would you have done nothing? And they're talking like you live in this safe and stupid country where you can do you can say you can do anything, but you've never been in that situation, and it, it, that that really mm. like oh shit, mm. like, turn right. the tables again, yeah, yeah, yeah turn the tables again, and you're really like it's almost like you're viewing a debate, you know, in in in, mm-hmm. in real life, and it's really interesting because they're like, um, like no, that would he's like saying no, that wouldn't have been me, that wouldn't have been me, and they're talking about, and then the girl, the, the uh, lady, lady, yeah. She's saying, you know, the other uh, Nazi um, Holocaust survivor is saying, like, I've seen braver men than you do nothing when they were in that situation. You don't know what you would have done. And, like, and he's like, no, that wouldn't mean. And it's hard not to. Like, I see both, really both point of views in that point. It, but I love, I love that scene is my favorite scene from that movie. It's a great movie because you're absolutely right. And, and, and you've seen, like, I've seen braver, braver guys than me do be not necessarily cowardly but be like helpless in a situation where you need to be reactive you know and that that scene really really gets to me where like fuck man I know where she's coming from I know where he's coming from too because you're filled with passion like thinking that's not gonna be me one day that's not gonna be me but you're like oh man it might be and you never know till you're in that situation and that's like I said back to the bring it back full circle that's what I'm most fear of like what would that be me you know that kind of thing it's really really interesting to think about you know yeah, it's mm-hmm. like uh, you're conditioned yeah. by, you know, society. is like in certain situations, it's like, okay, you're supposed to listen to authority figures. Like when you look at you're like, okay, listen, they know what's best. And, you know, there's like a certain order of things. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's kind of like, that's like in the back of your mind. But then sometimes you're put in these situations that where you're like, you inherently know it's not right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. something's not right about this. Uh-huh. Everybody else says it's right, but this, you know, doesn't feel right. Uh-huh. Hmm. So then that's where, like, if you don't, that's why when you like let it pass, and you you retrospectively look back and you're like, I should have, I should have done yeah. this. Uh-huh. You know, then you feel crummy about yourself. Yeah. You're like, you know what? That wasn't that wasn't right. I should have gone with my instinct. Right. Right. You know, right. Uh, that mom mentality, almost like. 
well, why did I, like, even let's say you're with a group of friends, like, why did I join in and making fun of that person? Yeah. I shouldn't have done that, man. Why did I, I say like, that? Why did I do that? Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, like, myself, I'm trying more to be, like, if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, nobody can make you do anything. Mm-hmm. So, if you go ahead and do something that you feel crummy about doing, it's kind of it's you. on you yeah yep. exactly all on you yep. so it's kind of like I'm trying to like like when it comes to like jobs or doing favors for people sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like I don't want to do it or you know just because <laughs> I feel like I have to be nice or whatever and like if I really want to do something I'm going to do it but because I really want to you know yeah yeah like if somebody asks me to do something for them I'm like I want to believe in like your project or something like that yeah like as doing projects and art and stuff like that you get a lot of people asking you to do free stuff and little things in there. Yeah, I bet. And I used to be like doing like, I used to do it. And they used to be like, fuck, why did I do that? You know, I feel, right. I feel crummy. <laughs> I didn't make any money. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't get what I kind of expected or whatever. So now I'm like, even for business, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do any jobs I don't feel right about doing. Right. You know, or I feel like weird about it. And tell you the truth, I've been happier. Like, because before I was like more like, like uh, chasing jobs, yeah. Like as an artist, you're like at first you're like, oh, I'll do anything, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. They make a comparison with the prostitutes and shit. You know, <laughs> I'll suck your dick for a painting. You didn't do a painting or whatever, you know? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And but then you're like, you know, it doesn't feel right. It feels weird. It feels wrong mm-hmm. when you're doing some jobs. And then you're like, oh, you know, what am I about? Am I gonna be doing this kind of stuff? I'm just gonna be you know, artist integrity. Yeah. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. Like, where, where, what's, what, what is your integrity? What, what is that? You know. Mm-hmm. So then I'm, I'm trying to be like, okay, I only do these kinds of projects and stuff like that. I only work with these kinds of people, yeah. and then it, it, you kind of start filtering things out. That's good. It's like in life and friends and all that stuff like that. You, you start filtering out, and you're like, okay, well, like, it's going a little bit better mm-hmm. because either you're hanging out with better people. Right. Or you're doing, like, for work-wise, it's like you're doing jobs that you feel good about. Yeah. Instead of just, like, you know, doing stuff that you think are going to, you know, it's going to turn out good, but when you really know it's not. And then yeah. in the end, you're like, I go back and, like, yeah, I I'm like, I, I should be mad at right. them. I should be mad at myself for doing it. Regret. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely, like, um, I feel like, I mean, that's a great way to think now. Because you do, definitely don't want to be in your mid forties, mid fifties thinking that way. Well, I mean, I was talking to Loaf about this um, the other day, but like I love seeing movies like um, you know, Walter Mitty, you know, Secret Life. Oh, Walter absolutely, Mitty. that's a good movie. That's a great movie. But when you see guys like where they're in their mid forties, mid fifties, and they're barely figuring it out, like damn, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm in my early thirties, mid thirties, and I already got that. I got what they learned, what they should have learned, you know. And and there's still if there's still hope for them, then I'm yeah. way ahead of the game. You know, I like I like movies like that where like shit, man. Like, Just gives you the hope, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. You know, there, there's still hope for me yet. Gives you like a little boost. Absolutely, you know, yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I still got time. I'm doing, I'm doing something. I'm already thinking the way he's thinking. Then I'm good. I'm good to go. You know, things will work out because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not decades where he's at, and I'm barely thinking yeah. in, in an abstract point of way, or I'm barely realizing that. You know, that kind yeah. of shit like that. Life lessons that he's learning right now in his mid fifties, mid forties. I've already learned those life lessons, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. I, I, I don't know, I see people and they do stuff and they complain. Then I, I, I like put it to myself, I'm like, am I doing what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Am I happy? And uh, like other people complain, oh, I don't like my job, I don't like this. I'm like, it's like never too late to kind of just do what you want. Like what's holding yeah. you back? Even if, if you have a family or something like that, if you want to go, like you can always go back to school or do, you know, yeah. you could find a way to kind of 
to find your your happiness your and stuff niche, like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like like your life's for me I'm like atheist and I think when you're dead you're dead and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I figured like while you're here, why not try to just make the most, most of it? Of stuff it. Like mm. Exactly and stuff like that. You know, I definitely feel like especially like like at least job wise the way I explain it, like like, because I have a good job, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, it's my passion of mine. Don't get me wrong, there's perks to it. I love traveling. I love meeting different yeah. people from everywhere. But it's not, like, the actual job I'm doing, like, oh, this is so awesome. You know, it's not like that. But for me, what makes me happy is that fact that I'm keeping up with a bunch of different hobbies. Yeah. That, keep me, that keeps me sane where, like, I have a passion about my hobby. You know, podcasting is one of them. You know, obviously music, drawing, you know, whatever the fucking yeah. hobbies I have. Drinking is a big one. No. Yeah. <laughs> is really <laughs> Sorry. No, but whatever it is, like, my job doesn't necessarily have to be my passion. I've found that my hobbies, I can make those my passion. Yeah. I love being a fucking dad, man. That's one of my, if you want to call it a hobby side job, you know, it's, it's things like yeah. that. And I found that I can express myself in different ways. It doesn't. I don't necessarily have to be a slave to whatever. Like, like I, I hate when people say like, "Oh, I'm working a nine to five job and I'm stuck in this job." Like, you're only stuck in this job if you think you're stuck in that job. You know, it's it, the job doesn't necessarily have to define you. The job is there to have structure mm-hmm. and support you on how to make your life in a conventional way. You know, bills yeah. and all that stuff. But it's it really what you do on your off time when you're not working that defines you. And you want to spend that time being a good father. You want to spend that time being a good, you know, whatever your hobby is, yeah. being a good podcaster, being a good, you know, just, or even like drinking and have a conversation, you know, whatever, you, it's all about perspective. If you look at that in a certain way, you can use that to make yourself identify as that way. It doesn't necessarily, you only let it define you, your, your, that'll be, um, your job will define you if you let it define you. It doesn't necessarily have to be, like I said, your, your passion or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. It's all about perspective, and that I mean, that's the way I kind of feel about that kind of stuff. And I think I'm really more to a point where you were saying about how, um, you're like, um, you know, just letting it you choose what you want to choose so that you do your thing that added with perspective, you'll be all right, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to be like a dick, being like, oh, well, if I want to be an asshole, then I'm gonna be happy about being an asshole and stuff like that, right? <laughs> no, 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 that's like not that. it at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, Sit down, like, Kanye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, like uh, title dictates behavior, that kind of thing. Clerks, right? absolutely, yeah. 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 That's a great one. Yeah, not necessarily behavior dictates title. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it's a good point. I guess like even if you're doing like a maybe a medial job, whatever it is, it, mm-hmm. it's you know just like a means to an end. You know, yeah. you're just trying to mm-hmm. support yourself, whatever. Even absolutely. if it's not, you know, like you know the reason you get up in the morning, like in a positive way. Right. It's like oh, I gotta do it. You know. Right. Right. And those, yeah. I think, those people that have that keep that point of view. You're missing out, man. You're not looking at the broader picture, and you're not it's perspective. You're not looking at what you should be looking at. What do you do when you get home? What do you do while you're at work? You know, mm-hmm. are you reading? Are you having a passion? Are you writing? Are you having a passion for certain other things? That's what should be defined by you. Like if I were to, if we go out in a group of friends, and I'm talking about how shitty my job is, I'm gonna be defined by oh, that's like a dude that has a shitty job. <laughs> do I really want that? No. Yeah. If we're out drinking, you're having a good time, having a conversation, and I'm talking about like the things I'm interested in because I looked down, I read a certain book, or I looked, I like a certain YouTube channel. Like, oh, he's defined by because he likes abstract things, or because he likes a certain amount, or he likes a certain amount of art, or that's what it should be defined you by how you communicate yourself to other people. You know? Um, like um, maybe um, like looking like uh, like at an even broader perspective, mm-hmm. like. Not being defined by the things that you don't like, but maybe by the things that you do like. And because right. you're expressing yourself to other yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And if you can get that across articulately, then people are going to know you for that. You know? Like, I've known Lewis for so long. Mm-hmm. And to me, he is like, 
guitarist virtuoso. Do you, do <laughs> yeah, you even know what he does for I don't care. Yeah, it I doesn't matter, care. right? It doesn't matter. Because you don't know, right? Guitarist exactly. virtuoso to me. That's exactly. him. Exactly. He figures that's you. you know, because whatever he does for a living is irrelevant because that's care. not what yeah. defines him. No, no. Because he's defined as this kind of musician. Badass guitarist. <laughs> kind of an abstract that's musician. I'm like, oh shit. To yeah. me, he was always like a, a modern day version of a Tom Morello. Well, I told you what, why I brought this earlier because you were the one who taught me how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted, for me, I wouldn't be like, oh, like, you know, what is that? A skillful level. But you were always. For whatever reason, like uh, whether it's like because I'm doing shit like yeah. where it's faster and technique, your t- your creativity to me fucking blew my mind because you were like yeah. a Tom Morello to me, like like oh, how do you even think of that? Like <laughs> you know that doesn't even make sense to me. Like oh, I wouldn't even thought yeah, to me that's kind of thing. Hmm. But you whatever your fucking job is, I don't know and I don't care because that's not what defines you. Yeah, I'm using you as an example just because right here. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but like I said, like oh your musicianship or your creativity in certain yeah. things. That's what I'm what I'm noticing because it's what you're expressing in an articulate way, you know. Now, like I said, we're doing this now. We're doing the podcasting thing where conversations are more held to a higher standard. That's what should be defining by us, not necessarily whatever the fuck we do as a living. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I get yeah. We're for lucky. We get to do what he does, which is both. You know. Oh, I don't know about that. Like <laughs> I, I want to ask like. Oh, would you recommend other people VR? I'm like, no, I would not recommend it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 good. It's bad, but it's it's really tough. It's but really you're tough. able to do both, and that's what's great, you know. So far, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, it's like it's 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 you know it's got some up like I said, it's up and ups and downs and stuff like that. Absolutely. I like it. I'm like I'm really I'm like I notice I'm like I really want to do it. Then because there's a lot of people, man, that are like really good. Mm-hmm. If you like. If you go on Instagram or anything like that, yeah. you see people that are like, yeah, like, hundred times better than you, and they're like, knocking out all this great stuff. And sometimes it gets depressing. I get like, yeah. I go from like ups and downs like all the time, dude. Like, man, I fucking suck. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna start looking at the class Craigslist and shit, looking for some, something else. And then I'll like I'll work on something like oh, okay okay I guess it's not so bad yeah I guess I'll keep trying it out I'll keep doing it I know exa- I know exactly what you mean <laughs> you're, yeah you're your own worst enemy yeah, you know yeah yeah credit well even even like with something like this which is fairly new for us like podcasting uh-huh. like because I listen to uh, literally over a dozen pod- like almost almost two dozen podcasts and they're all like they're all more popular than we are but there's sometimes where I listen to like our episodes over and over like damn that was a good one you know and I feel like <laughs> oh shit like. If we were more popular, we could hold hold our own. You know, like, like right, hey, that was right. a good episode. Uh, so there are little hosts, but you're right; it does get depressing. We're like, fuck, man. Yeah, especially when you feel like, damn, this episode was better than this one who has like a million downloads or something like that. It kind of goes back to the same thing. You want to be better than you were yourself. You know, as opposed to trying to compete with everybody else, you want to be better than you were the last one. You know, yesterday. Right. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, Ernest Hemingway has a quote on that. Man, he's one of those guys to me. Mm-hmm. He's articulate, he's smart, and he's the manliest man I know. You know, Ernest Hemingway for me. He's he, a man's man, definitely. Yeah. He is a what, man's what's man. What's curious to me, I think I was talking to Jackie about this one day, but um, we got like 15 more minutes, so one more topic if you guys want to go through. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just so you guys. Know. But like I was talking about Jackie, like I have two favorite authors, author who I like obsessed with, who I've read their works over and over. And it's Oscar Wilde and Ernest Hemingway, and they couldn't be more opposite from each other than anything. <laughs> or Oscar Wilde was like this gay bisexual wow. dude, that, very pansy type of thing. But oh man, I, like shit you was saying was just above. Yeah, ahead definitely, of his time. man. Ahead of his time. Ernest Hemingway is like the manliest man you know. <laughs> fucking veteran, fucking Purple Heart veteran, mm-hmm. fucking hunter, fucking everything, yeah. right? And it's like the complete opposite of Oscar Wilde. But from those two authors, for me, they just get this amalgamation of 
perfect fucking dude. They, you they know? got this like overlapping perspective on the world. Exactly, yeah. one extreme from one to the yeah. other, and they're both right in their point of view. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, you were saying about his quote or whatever. Oh, I'm trying to think of it. You know where it says, uh, he just says, uh, you know, like if you think of yourself as better than another man, like you're like a fucking piece of shit, basically. You Good, know? yeah. Like be better than you were the day before. You know, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There, have you guys seen? Uh, I'm saying on the topic of Ernest Hemingway. Um, this Woody Allen film with uh, yep. Midnight, uh, Midnight in Paris. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think we yeah. mentioned that on the podcast before, but easily when I saw it, I was like, just top five favorite films of all time. Like, absolutely. I knew it instantly became that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, lo- I fucking love that movie. There was yeah. another one that came out on the same time, which was called uh, Gillenheim, the one with Nicole Kidman. And, and uh, Clive Owen? Clive yeah. Owen. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I have. It's really, really <laughs> it's good. It's really too. good, yeah. Uh, Hemingway and Gilmore? Yeah, that's it was. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a little bit more um, into his personal life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Him specifically, as opposed to just you know, uh huh, about that yeah. era, uh huh. But that midnight in Paris, I, I, oh man, dude, because there's so many times where I wish, like, I could, I don't even want to change the past. I just want to observe it as uh-huh. it really happened. You know, we've talked about this. Like, if I had a mm-hmm. superpower, that's what it'd be for me. For me to just go back in time, and I, I wouldn't affect anything. But I'd want to observe it as it happened. Just, just you know, a glimpse uh-huh. at least. Yeah, I get you. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that that movie for me, I love that fucking movie, man. Midnight in Paris. Yeah, it's a great movie. You know, that you mentioned that, um, you know, uh, like, e- even myself, I know I'm guilty of it. You know, where I was saying, like, oh, I wish I lived in a different time. Because that's, you know, the underlying, you know, uh, thing with uh, Owen Wilson's character, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, oh, I would have been happier back then, but mm-hmm. I mean, the reality of it, you know. Car- yeah, that's her point of view after that, yeah. You know, um, but that that's, you know, when it kind of, like, comes into perspective where he's, like, where he wants to be, but she's like, oh, that's where she's at, but she's like, no, I'd rather she be, wants to go, you know, uh, way 50 back years prior, yeah. He's like, why would you want to do that, you know? Like, this is, like, the era. She's like, right. no, no, this is okay, but back yeah. then, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, for me thinking about it, you know, just like me, say... You know, uh, if I were to be alive in the 1920s or if I had that option, you know, like, uh, granted, you know, I do like a lot of, you know, the, you know, some aspects of, like, the culture, whether it's the music, you know, the style, whatever it is, you yeah. know. Like, I like it, but, you know, I don't think I'd want to live in it. Yeah. Just being, like, a fucking, like, a Mexican, you know, back yeah. in that time period, yeah. I'd be, like, shit on by society, yeah, you know? Of course, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like spitting into the face of, like, everybody that went through all that they went through just yeah. to get us to this point. Right. You know, um, almost, almost like a, like kind of like, uh, I don't know if it would apply, like maybe like cultural appropriation. No, that makes sense. You know, you, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Where yeah, you know, I do like some aspects of the yeah. time. I don't think I'd want to live in the time just because I wouldn't have this, the freedom that I have now where yeah, I could right. just you know walk down the street without any worries or anything. You know, like I, you know, I'd be you know like a prior of society. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at it as the realist point of view, as right. opposed to taking like that era had the best time for you because you took the best parts of that, right? And, and I just kind of like almost yeah. fetishized. And you you know, built just your own aspects. secret world from that, exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's not the reality of it. You know, yeah, I understand yeah. that. Where, yeah, you know, I would like to experience just that, but Shit, I know man. it wouldn't be like. I mean, that, fucking Nat and Cole, one of the greatest, you know, band. band Nat, you know, he wasn't allowed to eat from the front of the restaurant. He had to eat like you know, shit like that. Like you don't put that in perspective. Like oh shit, but that was really what was going on. Right, you know, that kind of thing, you know, like oh Duke Ellington, he was, you know, he couldn't, you know, he was fucking huge now, but 
back when he back was there, then, he yeah. really couldn't do shit. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. I get you. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely a great perspective. Like, okay, so let's pretend. Well, that's our point of view. Let's right. pretend we were white. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what time would you like to go back in time where you thought that era ruled? You? Like, <laughs> oh, like quoting a Louis C.K. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, man, I could go back in before nineteen eighty. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you were, if we were all white, what era? And I'll start with you first, though. But what era would you like to go back where it was awesome for you? I don't know, uh, zero AD. <laughs> I'll work my way up from there. <laughs> well, I'll come back to you then. Yeah. If that's not a real answer. Yeah, uh, Jose, answer. do you have one? Jeez. If yeah. you want to think about it, I have a real answer, so I'll go on it. Oh. If you want to think about yours, I'll think about it for a little bit. You can okay. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, for me, it's absolutely late late eighteen hundreds, the early nineteenth century. Uh-huh. Uh, for okay, so uh, where two, where well, let's say from. Eighteen fifty to nineteen hundred. Uh, but I mean, like, where, like, uh, setting? That's what I'm talking about. Now, okay. There's now, for me specifically, like, I have an affinity for cowboy films, for westerns. I love fucking John Wayne, Kirk Douglas. Uh, you know, these are the kind of things like I that I grew up with, like, representing like what I thought a man should be, very, very. Mm. So I grew up in the time where, like, fucking, I love westerns, and I would love to live in a time when I was with fucking, you know, Hick, you know, fucking. Uh, Billy, Billy, you know, Billy, uh, fucking Billy, Billy the Kid, yeah. you know, Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, you know, Hickaberry, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, that's what would be awesome for me. If I lived in like Cal- or the Southwest area during the 18, late 1800s, like, oh my God, that would be an era for me. Like, I could vacation there forever. At that same time, England, Victorian era England, my favorite author of all time is Oscar Wilde. At this time, fucking, uh, what's his, you know, uh, Mary Shelley's making Frankenstein, uh, creating Frankenstein, mm-hmm. uh, Bram Stoker's creating Dracula. You know, this, the books that I love from that era are all going around at the same time in England. And then the, the Western, that, that, the awesome things that are happening are going on in fucking California and, and Texas and all that kind of bullshit, New Mexico. So I, I, for me, that time, if I could instantaneously travel between England and, and like the Southwest of America, I would fucking love that. You know, I'd have, hmm. I'd be able to live my cowboy life, and I'd be able to live my my fancy dandy <laughs> life in England. Oh, yeah. You know, the Victorian yeah. era type bullshit. And I would, I would be able to grow up and have conversations with Oscar Wilde, and I'd be able to have conversations with fucking Doc Holliday. And I think that, for me, that would be the era I'd travel back if I was white. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I That's like a cool segment. If I was white. If I was white. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. That's, you're absolutely right. I gotta make that a hashtag. Your good point. If I was white, yeah. I would, you know this. Oh, is this guy's a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> Not just an articulate yeah. Mexican. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. If I, was I just white, pat him on the head. You're yeah. right. Yeah, that's uh, right. But that's for me. That's what it would be. You know, the, just the late mm-hmm. 1800s. Slash, Jack the yeah. Ripper was going around that time. You know, the, in fucking Whitechapel in, in England. Yeah. At the same time, you're fucking seeing this bad. You know, Billy Bob. You know, this great man. For me, that era was fucking awesome. You know, I wouldn't need yeah, an iPad. Awesome. I wouldn't need a fucking internet. I'd just be able to live and enjoy the, how they're living. You know, how about yourself? Is there any any time? Uh, off the top of my head, I'd say the Renaissance. Oh, that's a good yeah, one. Fucking great one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I was white, having those conversations with, or if you're European, yeah, or just being like an apprentice or assistant, you know, just just working at that time and stuff like that. Man, and you know what? I think I've mentioned this before, but it's not like you're getting like a, a point where like, um, well, modern day version of we're smarter now, so we know more then. No, the Renaissance. It's not like you're getting a lesser artist now. You're getting the pinnacle of what it was to create something out of nothing you know what I mean mm-hmm. you know the, the David's you know you know the you know Michael Angelo David he was just the perfection of sculpture sculpturism 
Leonardo da Vinci, you know, the paintings that he would, you know, it's great. You're getting that pinnacle. You're, it's not like it's diminished. It's not like that's diminished because the more you improve, like knowledge, you know, the more you improve yeah. in time, the more you know. It, that's not like that with art. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter what time. As If you're skilled, you're skilled for that time, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing I admire about it is that back then, it's like you had, like, your, you grew up. And you kind of figure out what you're going to do and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and like, I, yeah. they had apprentices starting, like, at Early, like 11, 12, 12 years old and exactly, stuff like that. Yeah. And once you started, that's what you're going to do. That's a great time to start, too, if you pick a renaissance, you know. Yeah. I, you know, even if you the Middle East had a renaissance, I feel like, two, three hundred years prior to that, before the Turks came and invaded and then the Mongols. Hmm. Dan the history, that's how I know that. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, how about you yourself, Love? Oh, shit. Um, damn. Trying to think, maybe uh, somewhere in the dawn of the age of reason. Oh, so you're talking about like maybe ancient Greek type thing, like Plato, Aristotle, um, or your like oh uh, um well yeah I mean I guess that would be one of them um what like uh, Western civilization you know mm-hmm. just, uh, the dawn of Western like Western philosophies and anything. But you're not, or were you not thinking of that? What what'd you have in your head when you said that? Um, man, it's just like, I, I guess, uh, just like the great minds at the height of their, uh, I guess, you know, I don't know if that's what they had in mind back then, but just like the way we kind of like revere it now, like, I can't really think of a time period specifically, but just them, um, yeah, I guess the, you know, the Greeks would be the one of them, you know, our philosophy. Like standing on the shoulders, you know, down. that kind of thing, you standing know, standing on the shoulders is nice, absolutely right, yeah, um, because, you know, it it was, you know, very, you know, it did revolve around, you know, just Europe, you know, just like a... Mm. Ancient Rome, it? ancient Greece, that type of thing. Pretty much, you know. Like, I can, can't really think of a specific time, just the general area. Okay. You know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah, absolutely right. But, uh, yeah, um, but even, uh, not just like, you know, philosophy, but just like music specifically. Oh, okay. You know? Like your Mozarts and even before that, I'm trying to think, you know, who were like the pioneers of just, well, I, I remember taking the music appreciation class where we get everything we get now and it all had to do with coming from like, uh, well, coming from America, mm-hmm. from when they took um, European, you know, um, musicians and they turned it on its head. And I remember hearing something like, because you normally think of the South as being like, very like a uh, hillbilly and very just right. uneducated and in reality what they what they would hear is they would take that kind of music and they would play it and the slaves would hear that music and this is like i said music appreciation class but it's it's cool the origin how that story right right and they would like oh let's take what you hear and you and you know could most most of the back then music was playing on a minor or a major but they would add a seventh and that and that the slaves that's where you'd get uh blues mm-hmm. because the seventh is that that kind of key and then from blues you get jazz from jazz you, get, you know and you know you eventually get yeah. improvisation you get rock and roll you get kind of you know chuck berry you know you get all that kind of thing and eventually you get to rap you get to punk and that all really started from just the way the slaves would interpret classical music you know mm. it's all super fucking interesting to me that kind of thing how it all evolves from step by step by step, you know what I mean? Right. And it ha- I think it has to do the same with the way you think. Like, you don't get to think 
from Descartes without Plato playing with shadows in the cave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Like, then all steps like I'm not thinking myself like, oh, I'm not thinking about individual culturalism or God. You know, becoming your own God without this guy setting those boundaries for me or me learning from my teacher. From you know, what I mean? you don't get that without steps, baby steps. You know, they got to put you on that path, I guess. Exact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that from there you just go on as high as whatever your mind limits yourself to. You know, right. The imagination, you know, that kind of thing. Whatever you want to limit yourself to, if you can. Imagine, you know, whatever may seem like it's blasphemous in your head or maybe me genius, you know, like, oh, shit, I never thought of it like that. You know, that kind hmm. of thing. I love it. I love it. But I'm assuming that's what you're more. Oh, uh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Just like the origins of it all, man. Just... I love that, man. Like I said, I wouldn't. My superpower wouldn't be to change anything. It'd just be to observe. Observe and report. <laughs> no, it'd just be the the witness, the bare witness yeah. that the way things came about, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if people actually like how they took it in, how did how they, they know yeah, what cool was guys. happening when it was happening? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I doubt it because I don't even think right. we know what's happening right now as it's happening. You know, you never you never realize it till you look at the overall picture and you look back five years and like, oh shit, that did lead to this, yeah. that right. led to this, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's always like looking at the bigger picture, you know. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Unless like you're there, unless you actually witness it happen, you know. You just gotta make your way down the grapevine. Eventually, it'll get to you. And right, but um, I think I mentioned it before. You know, uh, it's a scene in Mothman prophecies. Uh huh. About the skyscraper and looking yeah. over it. It's just see. perspective. You know, just uh, sometimes you're just at a point where you just see a little further down and the everybody road. Everybody else, you yeah. know. That's like one of the things that's always stuck with me. Ever since I seen it, like I always go back to it just because it makes such a good point. You know. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean like you have like superpowers or anything. It's like man, like sometimes you just have a better perspective than others, you know. Absolutely. Oh, I gotta watch mm-hmm. that movie now. Oh, it's oh, great. It's awesome, man. Yeah, it's good. Well, you know, I've always said before, like if knowledge is power, then wisdom is omnipotence. That's the way I always look at some hmm. things, something like that, you know. I think therefore I am. Yeah. Well, you just gotta think differently, and you are differently, you know, if to go down that road. Uh, this, um, you know, we got like I said, we're a little running into this song time, but this has been. Easily one of my favorite conversations. Jose, I'd like to thank you. Thank you very much. You've given a really, really cool perspective on just the way, you know, you're living your life. And that's really, really fascinating to me. Thank you very much for, for coming on uh, the podcast. Oh, you're too nice. You're too nice. No, no, no. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And is there anything you need to promote? Because this guy's got skills, man. Any, like, uh, Instagram or, or social media, anything you want to promote? Uh, I guess just Instagram. Mm-hmm. I post a lot of artwork. Where and can we find you Pictures at? of my pug. Um, JM Loza underscore art. Alright, there you guys, everybody that needs to find it. Uh, for myself, like I said, the, usually the same one. Actually, Snooze and Booze has an Instagram now. If yeah, you just follow made it. one today. It's uh, Snooze and Booze. Um, one word. Um, A-N-D or with it? Yeah, A-N-D. Just Snooze okay. and Booze, uh, one word. Alright, yeah, and if you can't find that, just look for our names, either Static and Television, and then you can find mm-hmm. us, or myself under Steve Medell 1775. Uh, yeah, but like I said, thank once again, Jose. Thank you very much for coming. I, I you know, I'm glad I got to pick your brain for a little bit. You know, I I find it completely fascinating for someone that's able to make their living off doing something they love in, in an artistic way, and that's cool, man. So thanks again. And anytime yeah, you want to come back, you're more than welcome. If you want to promote whenever you like want, that. man. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoyed your time this here. Is my favorite experience in the garage. So far. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> not mine because I have oh, this one we'll, hooker. Oh, there's <laughs> we'll touch on that next time. <laughs> we'll have the fan up and running. Cliffhanger, huh? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. She did look like Stallone too, so ironic. No, <laughs> that's horrible. That's making me look gay. No, uh, Sylvia Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not about the looks. Sly, right? 
Cliffhanger movie was a movie in 1993. If you guys, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been Steve's movies. I'm Steve, and I'll catch you on the flip side. I am Loaf, and keep your glass full. <laughs>